Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. And it is great to have you guys in, especially since now we got news coming along and so much that's going to be happening this week. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams. I actually had my banner up in record time. It's amazing. And the man who is trying to decipher beyond all the secrets of Lou Lamarillo, Mr. Anthony Larocco. Um, Mark, did, 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 did someone on this channel happen to say, you know, a while ago that Nazem Kadri is probably a New York Islander? Just, just ask him for the record. Well, not only on the channel, but also in the, uh, like our group chats, every single time you're like, this is happening. This is happening. More on that in a minute. We're going to be talking about Jesper Bratt and a lot of other stuff in our bar talk segment. So stick around. Uh, we would love to get 50 likes on this particular broadcast. So if you haven't done it yet, make sure you are hitting that like for us. That is our goal for today. 50 likes. I'm going to start making graphics for that. All right. It is great to see everybody coming in. It's good to see Granny. Good to see MJ and Dave right there. And I just heard a ding and that was in my room. So let's make sure we get rid of that. And no, not you. Sorry. I'm not sure I oh, shut up, Siri. That's what we have to say. All right. Anthony, let's get back to the big headline because it's somewhat of a big headline because we don't know if it's news because that's the way things work in Islander land. <laughs> it's, there is a lot of sources that are around right now. Let me get my microphone somewhat near me as I'm doing this. Um, there's a lot of sources, Anthony, going around right now saying that the New York Islanders have signed Nazem Kadri. And it's not just like some Twitter people. This is Dave Pagnota, the fourth period, friend of the show, as well as guys like Mark Seidel. I have his tweet right over here that you yeah. sent me. And this is it, it, this is the second biggest free agent signing, or, uh, obviously, of the offseason and arguably of uh, in the history of the New York Islanders. So we have to wait to celebrate it, Anthony. That's that's the only thing that makes any sense, right? Yeah. So I mean, a lot a lot to break down here. Um, yeah, the news started coming out when Mark Seidel uh, tweeted that, and some people were like, "Oh well, you know, who's he? Um, he used to be a scout." Uh, and then the telling part was that you know guys like EJ Raddick and John Butchergross retweeted it, um, and those are established guys which wouldn't retweet wouldn't retweet some nobody or some slobs info there. So. Um, it definitely had legs. Dave Peñota pretty much confirmed it. Adrian Dater, Avs guy, um, also commented on that story and said uh, um, a player of personnel from the Erie Otters uh, confirmed that Nazem Kadri is signing with the New York Islanders. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty much, you know, like I said, it's pretty much a guarantee that he signed. Um, you know, I had said earlier that the, the silence on him didn't make sense. Uh, the last time a big free agent remained unsigned, you know, even two or three days after free agency started, you had to go back to 2012 with Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. And before that, it was uh, Ilya Kovalchuk in 2010. So that's how odd and rare it is for a guy of his stature to be unsigned uh, after the first or second day. Um, you know, and truthfully, given all that silence, I was – I would mark – I was pretty confident that Nazem Kadri was an Islander. I would say after – after the third day of free, the third day of free agency, when he still was, you know, un, unsigned, 
and none of the big insiders really had anything on him. Um, it was radio silence. And to me, uh, when you combine that with prior to free agency starting, he was linked to the Islanders uh, and his history with Lou. Um, I, I was just I was convinced he was an Islander and I reached out to some sources. And at that time, they, they really didn't know. But um, yeah, so for me, this isn't too much of a shock. Uh, I think the writing was kind of on the wall here. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if, if Mark will play it, will not play it, but, you know, um, put the visual on here. Nazem Kad, uh, Lou Lamorel had a, had a decent quote about Kadri from 2016. I actually, I do have it right here for you. Um, who thinks highly of him. Yeah. He's not afraid to give it. And what you respect the most about him is he can take it. He's not a retaliatory type of player, but he'll get you at the right time and at the right place. He's one that I wouldn't mind going into a foxhole with. So we all know Lamorello loves his guys. Uh, you know, he's, he's already brought in some of his former devils in the Islanders. So it just, it really just made sense. Uh, and honestly, um, you know, I'm starting to think Mark that the whole, the Islanders were, were really one of that on the day of free agency was down to them and the devils on Gaudreau. I really wonder if that was more of a smoke screen intentionally. Um, and that loose focus the whole time was on Nazem Kadri. Uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprised it really wouldn't be surprising at all if they put in the groundwork for this deal when free agency happened started at noon so um yeah and as listen as far as when it's going to be announced um we we, we don't know this is how it Lou very well it. might be october yeah. 11th the I, I, I know the deal i know you know i all the fans are frustrated and just some fans in general like what what is with this guy and i get it you know I, i'm there with you uh, but he has, he does these things for a reason. Um, you know, he, he, for whatever reason, he feels compelled to hold this back. Uh, whether or not he, he thinks he's fooling a general manager with not knowing how much cap space they have. I don't know about that. I think these days everyone's smart enough to really understand what they're working with, but regardless, this is what he decides to do. Um, he put it in his draw and Mark, what did, uh, Thomas Drance, uh, the Canucks writer, write a couple, like a week and a half ago regarding Kadri on a radio spot. I sent you the tweet. He's like, yeah, I think that that contract's in a draw somewhere. Um, so this is, this is just how Lou, this is how Lou operates. And, you know, for Islander fans uh, last, last year, it wasn't until September 1st where he announced the extensions for Palmieri, Sezikis, Sorokin, and Beauvillier. So we might have to wait another month to get the news on this. Um, and Parise, Parise was, he didn't have his first media availability with the Islanders after he signed until September 10th. Uh, so it might even be longer before the Islanders officially announced this Nazem Kadri deal. So a lot, a lot to unpack here, but um, it seems like Nazem Kadri is a New York Islander. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good ad. It's a good ad. He's, he's a great hockey player. Now there's, again, there's still a lot to unpack with this. For instance, this, like I said before, this is going to be the biggest free agent. Hold on. Sorry. This is going to be the biggest free agent signing in New York Islander history. Here's a couple other things that just to say, if you remember when the New York Rangers signed Vincent Trocheck, you could see live on air when Anthony broke, it's a seven year term. And my reaction was, oh, what? realistically should be the deal for Nazem Kadri. Well, I mean, prior to free agency starting, you were hearing these reports that, uh, you know, you're talking 
eight million dollars on a seven-year term, and he's really high numbers. Um, I for I'd a thirty-one-year-old center. Yeah, I would be surprised if he got that. My hope is at least. I mean, listen, I, I'm going to be happy that Codgers and Islander either way because right now, realistically, the Islanders' window is the next two to three years. Um, so I'll worry about if it's a seven-year deal. You know, it's it's going to be unfortunate, but at the end of the day. Um, if this is what propels them to win now, it is what it is. But with that said, in a perfect world, I would hope it's a five-year term at most. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, Lou and Nazem have that relationship, so I don't know if that maybe helps with getting Nazem to agree to five years. Um, you got to remember, as you just mentioned, he's 31. This is really going to be his last chance at a big payday. Uh, so he want, he's going to want to set himself up for good here. So – um, you know, five years, he'll be 36 at the end. You know, does he still, will he still be able to get another, you know, two, three year deal after that? I, I don't know. So, um, you know, I, I, I hope five years, I hope five years, but we'll have to see. And like I said, we probably won't know until September. <laughs> well, uh, I just want to actually take this opportunity before we get too far in depth on this to, uh, let Anthony do a little victory dance because everybody, uh, again, Ben Pending, this is true. Anthony called it. He said this all along. So go right ahead. You can do like a little, little shit. Nah, like, like I said, it, it's just um, for me, it was just kind of connecting some of the dots. And again, it's rare when you see a player of his stature unsigned um, that long um, with also radio silence attached to it. Um, you know, so what, what really pushed over the edge for me was, though, before Seidel's tweet, um, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN had a story on Kadri, um, and he reached out to his agent. I don't know if you saw it. I might have sent it to you as well. But the agent simply said, I cannot comment on my client's contract status yep. at this time, which for me, that, that clinched it. Because if he, if he was really out there fielding offers, what agent doesn't pump up the tires of your client? Oh, you know, Nazem has, you know, a bunch bunch of teams he's considering and offers he's going through and you know the 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 kind of pleading the fifth there um that 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 sealed it for me um but yeah no listen the biggest question is and i've seen i've seen some of our our listeners ask about who the islanders are going to move out that's the big thing that actually Um, is up on my list so i'll move ahead and ask that so that way you get there anthony does this move mean that somebody from the current lineup is moving out I see to you now to finish that thought. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, a lot of Islander fans are hoping for Josh Bailey. I mean, that makes the most sense. Two years left at $5 million. Um, The good thing is his actual dollars owed is less than his cap hit. Um, but uh, Frank Saravelli, actually, I just saw the tweet before he went on, on, on his show, The Rundown. He, he, he said that, um, if anything, it might be Anthony Bovillier that moves out to create the space for Nazem Kadri. So we'll see. Um, you know, I would prefer to keep Bovillier. Obviously, he's much younger. Um, I know Bovillier has more value due to his age and, you know, skill level. But if you're going to trade, if you're going to trade Bovillier, um, you're going to be looking at a Oliver Bjorkstrand type of return. Um, probably a little less. Bjorkstrand's a little more established. So, I mean, if Bjorkstrand got a what do you get? A second, a third, and second, and a fourth, or a third, a third and a fifth, something along those lines. Um, you got to think Billy will get something similar to that. So maybe if it's just a fourth round pick, I mean, it's unfortunate because I think Bovillier has more value than that. But 
um, you know, Lou has to dump some salary. So uh, I hope it's Bailey, but it, it won't shock me if it's uh, Anthony Bovillier that moves to create the space for Kadri. All right. Because, again, we still have a lot to unpack from this uh, move. But also, just before we get the other uh, – Anthony? The other thing is a lot of, you know, Islander fans and people are just questioning, you know, Kadri is a center. You know, now they have, you know, with, with his signing. I, it, signing wait, that's going to be have... my next question. That's actually my next question. But so you go ahead. First, hold on. I just wanted to say this. I also just wanted to let everybody know. Everybody check out Manscaped. Use the promo code BAH for 20% off and free shipping. And because you don't want to look like a fuzzball. There you go. Got to get those in so that way we can eventually uh, do more of these shows. And also, everybody, by the way, this week at 2 p.m., although we might be recording it uh, just privately and then publishing it later, we're going to be interviewing Carolina Hurricanes defenseman Jacob Slavin. So stay tuned for that. Um, so, Anthony, yeah, exactly what you started to allude to, and Islander fans want to know this right now. You have four centers on that team, Barzell, Pajot, uh, Casey Zekas, and, of course, Brock Nelson coming off a career year. Who is the one that moves to the wing? For Kadri, I mean, my my guess is that the plan would be to move Barzell to the wing, um, lessen his defensive responsibilities, um, and have him play with Kadri because we all, we all know Kadri is not going to replicate his eighty seven points with Colorado last year. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty much well known. However, uh, Kadri has twice prior had. 30 goal seasons. They're actually back to back and they were both 32 goal seasons. So he does have the ability to finish. So I think if he plays with a talent like Matt Barzell at a minimum, I, I think Kadri could record 60 points next year. So I think that could be a good match. Um, I've heard maybe move Nelson to the wing because, you know, he scored 37 goals and he's more of a sniper. So playing with Kadri could be good. Um, I get that, but Brock Nelson over the, over Barry Trotz's tenure has really developed into a, a solid two-way center too. And he really found his game at center ice and his confidence. So I don't think moving him to the wing um, would be best. I think Barzell would be the one to move to the wing, but um, you know, I get the, I get the notion that Islander fans wanted a scoring winger, but man, Ed, adding Nazem Kadri, now you have five legitimate NHL centers. And Mark, what, what did you say a while back about the Islanders? Um, about winning the Islanders win the matchup center, every uh, the matchup at center every time. And now, if you add Kadri to that, I mean, there's so many things Lane Lambert, Lane Lambert will be able to do that will just that could just be a nightmare for other teams with opposing matchups. I mean, you're talking again five legitimate NHL centers with Barzell, Nelson, Kadri, Pajot, Sizikis down the middle. I mean, he could he can move Kadri with Pajot um, for a shift or two if he really wanted to shut down a line. Imagine, let's say they're playing Tampa in the playoffs. And you really want to shut down that Kucherov line? Imagine putting Kadri and Pajot out there against them. I mean, so the options that it will give him to have another center like Kadri in the lineup. I mean, that's that's just it's amazing. Um, they that they they would be a, a really a big challenge to play against other teams with having that flexibility in the lineup. Anthony is way ahead of me on a lot of these things because the next uh, comment I had, and by the way. I have said this before, just to, before we get off this uh, banner that I have, 
is I think Barzell, it's better if, with his skating ability if he is at, at center. But you know what? It decreases his defensive responsibility, and then now you can really open him up as an offensive player if he moves to the wing. I actually think that's that's a good move for, to move him to the wing. If not him, I would say J.G. Yeah. Pajot. Yeah, Pajot. Yeah, maybe. But Pajot is such a great set, has such a good, um, you know, win percentage in the circle. Moving him out, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, you could, like I said, you know, Lane Lambert has a lot of options. He has a lot, a lot of, of options. A, a lot of options. Because I was going to ask you, how much does this uh, does this signing make the Islanders better? Do you know what the worst thing would be if it ends up where um, he doesn't sign, and then pretty, if we have pretty to do all this nothing. But yeah, pretty so, I mean, pretty significant. Um, Kadri, like I said, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't score eighty-seven points again, which he won't, um, he's still a sixty-point forward who could score, um, really get under your skin, play really good defense. Um, so you know, the, adding him to this Islander group um, on top of Romanov being added, who was a huge upgrade over you know Andy Green and Char, whatever mm-hmm. they had out there, um, they're going to be a much faster team. Um, and a much better team, frankly. And then obviously you have Sorokin and Goal, who is, you know, one of the best. So I think Kadri and Romanov propel the Islanders back into the playoffs for sure, um, especially if they still get the same goaltending. So, yeah, perfect world. Would I have liked a, a legit scoring winger like Vladimir Tarasenko? Um, but Lou likes his character. Lou likes his character, guys. He likes the guys that bring those intangibles as well as skill. Um, and they're going to be a really hard team to play against with Kadri in the lineup for sure. So I, I think I think it makes them I think it makes them much better. Now let me just throw this stat out at you for a second because the New York Islanders already have ten players that will be over the age of thirty by Thanksgiving, and Nazem Kadri would be eleven in a league that keeps on trying to get younger and younger. Is that going to be a problem for the Islanders? Yeah. Um... Again, his age, if they give him a seven-year deal, like I said, I, I won't I won't be happy. Um, but you know, the guy is still playing at a at a high level. Um, and it will probably remain that way, I would say, for at least the next three years. Um, and Lou, you know, like I said, Lou is 80 years old. You know, he he you know, he wants to win a Stanley Cup. So um, by him adding Cowdery, that that just shows that he's he's ready to win now. Um, but don't you know, don't forget the the Islanders having Green and Char in their lineup every night. Obviously, added their average age um, way up. Um, with them gone, they are younger. And then the most important factor is, you know, people could point at the age of, you know, like some of the guys, like you know Nelson, who's still very young. Um, but some of the, I would say, the older young guys, if that if that makes any sense, they're they're, they're young where it matters. Matt Barzell, Noah Dobson. Ilya Sorokin, um, they have youth in very important positions in those three. Uh, you know, Ryan Pollock and Adam Pollock are still fairly young. So um, I, I don't I don't buy the notion that, you know, that the Islanders are this team where in two years from now um, they're going to be in really bad shape because uh, you know, some of the, again, the guys that I just mentioned are young. And that's not even considering mm-hmm. Oliver Wallstrom who's young. So they're, they're honestly in a good spot regardless – of Kadri being 31 and adding him to this roster. And then of course, the is if he makes the lineup. So that would be another one. Um, Romanov's 22 years old. So um, yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you mentioned Alexander Romanov because he, because the Islanders currently, now this is without Kadri on the books. So they got, still have Dobson, Romanov, and Bellows are all RFAs. How much real, yeah, but, <laughs> they're they, relatively they, they unsigned, are, everybody. They are, they're, they're signed already, but. Um, right. Again, I just want to thank Lou Lamarillo as a hockey podcaster that's trying to do this and be as accurate as possible with my information. That basically right now I'm TMZ. Thank you very much, Lou. So <laughs> I'll give you a call later to thank you personally on that one. So, um, uh, but, so realistically speaking, give me the contracts good. for all those guys, what you could see. And then uh, assuming Beauvillier is the one that's traded or Josh Bailey or both. Even that could also that be good. a possibility. But um, well, let, let's start with Bellows. Bellows hasn't really um, proved anything right now, so Bellows is going to be nothing more than a million dollars. You know, at most, I could even see it still being, you know, something like his qualifier uh, from what he was making last year, maybe nine hundred seventy-five k or whatnot. Um, so that's that. R- Rental Romanov, I think he's going to come in about at three million AAV, roughly. Uh, and then Noah Dobson is a tricky one. Do they go long-term with him? Eight years. If they give him eight years, that's going to drive. I, I think he's going to get more money. So you're talking, you know, six million plus. Um, if they do a bridge, I could see that being around four million, four and a half mil. Um, we got to remember, Noah Dobson's still very young. He just had a 50-point year. Um, if I, him and his agent, with the salary cap going to be going up in the next couple of years, um, he's going to probably – bet on himself and realize that he could get to even a higher level. So I think for him, it would make more sense to do a bridge for like two years. He keeps growing, getting better. Then he cashes in in two years where the salary caps are. The Islanders can afford to pay him more. So um, I think the Islanders will probably try to get him a longer term right now, but I think he's going to want a bridge because I think he believes that he can get to another level and make even more money. So um, that's, that's my thought on Noah Dobson right now. I could just see Lou in the negotiations where he, he could even say it in the third person. Lou doesn't overpay. And, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I, I don't, I think he, Lou is definitely a bridge Dobson right now. Um, and I don't think he's going to be getting Adam Fox money or anything like that. And like you said, no, no, 50 point not. season. And if I recall correctly, he had the most goals for defensemen after De- December 1st. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or roughly in the top three or so. Yeah, there um, you go. So, and you know the, I mean, the that... other the other thing that I'll and I haven't had this confirmed by anybody or or this is just my own speculation. But so we mentioned Kadri, they didn't really need another center, five centers. Everyone's talking about who's going to move to wing. Um, and again, I'm just spitballing here. I, I don't I don't think it will happen, but it's possible that if Lou really maybe wanted to shake things up even more, he could move an existing center for a scoring wing. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't think he would do it. But, again, if he looks at this lineup and says, okay, five NHL centers, um, maybe he moves Maybe he moves a center for a scoring wing. Who would that be? I'll leave, I'll leave that for everyone to speculate. Uh, but – my guess is if it if he didn't tend to do that, you're probably looking at moving a Brock Nelson or Matt Barzell because 
Pajot, while he's really good, um, I don't know if he has the type of value to bring back like that upper echelon scoring wing. Whereas and not if, at uh, three years at, I think it's $5 million. Just want to make sure I get that number right. Three more years at $5 million on his contract. Whereas On top of this year. He's, he's signed to 2026. Yeah. Where, but if you're talking, you're putting a guy like Brock Nelson who has a ton of value. I mean, there'd be a lot of teams that want to get his hands on him. Um, to be their second line center or for weaker team, their first line center or, or even Barzell, forget about it. They could get a really, really good scoring wing for one of those guys. Again, if he really wanted to shake things up, he could go that route. All right. Like some well, people. Oh, some people. Some people I've heard talk about revisit the JT Miller talks. Does Lou try to maybe move Brock Nelson to Vancouver in a hockey deal for JT Miller? Vancouver gets another really strong center. The Islanders get a scoring wing. Again, I don't, I didn't think he would move Nelson or Barzell, but again, if he really wanted to shake things up, he could move one of his centers for a scoring wing. Um, so that's that's just that's just some more speculation. Um, but I think the most likely outcome is move Barzell to the wing. All right. Well. There's and there's a lot of the, there's a lot of great comments that are down below. Yeah, we got to get some and, of these. Yeah, uh, but we're just, we're gonna move on to bar talk. We'll get to more of your questions, especially on this later on. Put all your comments down below. Don't forget to like us and subscribe if you haven't. And also, by the way, we're trying to get to 50 likes for this video. So if you haven't done it, try to do it for this video. And you know what? Did it really helps us out? Got to get us into the algorithm. Got to spread the BAH virus. And we're going to go on. We're going to talk a lot more hockey stuff, including the New Jersey Devils, which made some news today. And we're going to go to our Bar Talk segments. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. So, and I, I say yet again, I have to change around that intro because it, I'm still using the old stuff that we had. I mean, heck, Phil is a lot skinnier now. So, I mean, that's that's just for just starters. Everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident? You're going to buy everybody around. You're so, uh, so, so, so you're just going to have a shot. And... You just so you, you're you're in the middle, so it, just give me a beer, all right? So play along with the comments below, and like I said, this is actually a first for me. I'm starting with the New Jersey Devils topic right now, because Anthony Jesper Bratt re-signed with the New Jersey Devils on a one-year five point four five uh, five point four five million dollar deal. Couldn't get it out of my mouth for a second. The New Jersey Devils should have locked up Jesper Bratt for long term. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go beer there. Uh, I, th I think that, you know, he had 73 points last season prior to that, he was a 30 or so point forward. So I, I think the thought maybe within the devil's organization was, all right, well, let's see you do it again before they, before they really committed, you know, seven, eight years worth, you know, 7 million plus. So I think that's a thought process there. Um, you know, they, they kick the can a little bit down the road now because now they got to go through it again this season. And if he does, if he does kind of replicate this past season, then, yeah, I think they should have no problem, um, you know, giving him a long term contract. Uh, 
But I, I could see why they didn't just because, you know, his whole career thus far, he was a 30-point forward and then, you know, bam, 73 points last season. So uh, I do think he is a, a very good player. I think he will be a guy that scores, you know, 60 or so points. Um, but again, I, I do understand maybe being a little hesitant uh, to give him, you know, really big dollars after one really good year. So, uh, but I, I think he should be a fixture of that team long term. I think they should have locked him up long term and probably gotten a little bit closer to if they wanted to give him the uh, Andre Palat money. Go right ahead. So I'm um, I'm gonna buy everybody around on this because I did the Devils postseason wrap up on BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com. We're adding more articles every single day, although we haven't added any in about three weeks. So bear with me on that. Uh, I got to tell you, Anthony, it's uh, his, he doubled all of his career numbers. And if, if he didn't double, he went well beyond that because a career high in goals, career high in assists. And he was a minus one, I think on a team that had like an ungodly low uh, goal differential and, mm-hmm. uh, or there was like they were like minus fifty or something like that. I have to I have to look it up off the top of my head. But anyway, the um, I think he's I think he's gonna be a player. I I, I do. Now you don't have to pay him eight million dollars in eight years. You could have done exactly what the Andre Palat money is because Palat never scored. He scored twenty goals one year in his career. That's it. Yeah. And he plays most of the time with Stamkos and Kucherov. So. Uh, you could just hand that to him and look out for that line. That line might be pretty good if it's uh, him, Heischer, and uh, Palat. So we'll see about that. I mean, I'm trying to figure out where Andre Palat fits on the Devils, but he's going to fit and he's going to be a good player for them. Back to Jesper Bratt. Yeah, you take the. I think you take him, lock him up right now while he's still pretty cheap. That's just me. Speaking of Jesper Bratt, who, by the way, blossomed at the age of 24 for a career season, Jesper Bratt is proof that the New York Rangers need to be patient with Kako and Lafreniere. And I know Ranger fans, we want these guys to, you want, you want these guys to, to absolutely just blow up right now or, or get rid of them or trade them, especially Kako. I hear that all the time, but I'm buying everybody around on this one again, Anthony, you, you got guys that you have to invest the time and actually develop them. This is what the Rangers need to do. They need to play these guys. They need to absolutely get one on power play one, not Ryan Strom, and get them more exposure, more ice time, get them used to all the situations that you can. And, and, and I shouldn't be talking about this in year four for Kako or year three for Lafreniere. So I understand they went to a team that was just on the verge of making the playoffs, but I mean, the Rangers, they got to develop these guys. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go beer. Um, I think with Lafreniere, there's definitely still time for him to be the player that it kind of everyone expected him to be. I'm um, going where he did in the draft. Um, Kako, I'm I'm not so I'm not so sure on. I, I know last summer we were talking about if Kako has another underwhelming year, you know, is that it for him? Do do you look to move him? Um, and now we're saying it again now because I, I, I really do think you're at the point where if he has another year where he's a 30 point forward. Um, I think it, it, it would be at that point now where he's been in the league long enough where his value wouldn't really be that high anymore. Um, and the Rangers just ruined a chance to get to, to turn him into another good asset. Um, you know, I, I think, I think at this point, um, you know, he's, he could be a really good 
kind of like defensive forward who chips in maybe about 30 or 40 points. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he breaks out. But I think I've seen enough of him in a sample size to know that I don't think he's going to be that 60-point player. I I, I don't. So um, with Lafreniere, yeah, you got to be patient with those guys. The Devils were with Brett. And so far, you know, going into the last season, they did the right thing. Um, Lafreniere, sure. But I'm going beer just because, again, I'm not, I'm not so mm, – not sold on Kako. <laughs> All right. Well, Anthony, you know that the winner of the Vesna Trophy was New York Rangers Igor Sisterkin last season. So this question, his good buddy, the New York Islanders, Ilya Sorokin, will be a Vesna finalist next year. Round. There were, there were people that thought he should have been this year. Um, you know, he was on a bad team, but despite that, he was second in the league in save percentage. Uh, second in the league in shutouts, fourth in GAA. Um, you know, he he really held the Islanders from being an even worse team. Um, Saros, who was a finalist, he had better he had better numbers across the board. That Markstrom had a better save percentage than Jacob Markstrom, uh, and Markstrom was on a much better team. So um, Sorokin is an elite goalie. Uh, the Islanders hopefully will be better than they were last year. So if he did what he did last year on a bad team on an improved team, like a playoff bound team, I think his numbers will be even better. Um, and I, I think he will win a Vezina trophy or two in his career. Um, but I think next season, yeah, I think he will be. And like I said, in my opinion, he should have been a finalist this year, but um, for sure, I think he will be. Uh, you've been talking him up all year and now you got me on the train too. I know I've already bought three rounds today. I'm starting to run out of money, but fortunately that's why this credit cards. <laughs> and, uh, this is, um, th- th- I mean, Sorokin was right there with Sisterkin all season. And you're talking about his rookie year and the Islanders play a defensive, uh, if they, even if they're still playing a defensive game under Lane Lambert, they need to keep that up and move it, move it along. Those those numbers are going to improve, and if we have two goalies in New York over a nine thirty save percentage, yikes! <laughs> that that would be what I'd have to say about that because Sorokin, Sorokin, I think what was it? It was it was something ridiculous, like nine twenty eight, something like that. His save percentage. It was nine twenty seven. Nine twenty seven. Okay, sorry, I was off by a thousandth of a point, but um, <laughs> the uh, those guys, those guys are going to be. There was the if you remember that old article, the one about the three center fielders, uh, Mays, uh, Mays, Mantle, and uh, Duke Snyder. It was written and they used the correlation of that to Lundquist, Brodeur, and DiPietro. This one's going to be a lot like that if the Devils can ever find their goalie that could ever match what these two Russian guys are because yeah. they're, they're, they're that good, they're that good, Anthony. And uh, the stick save last year uh, that he made against the Rangers, Sorokin did. That was probably the highlight of no, maybe definitely. that, or the, he had he had a, he had a couple of ones that you would go. That could be the save of the year. But we're gonna move on anyway, Anthony, because to the big news, big player that was traded last week, Matthew Kachuk will improve the Panthers in the playoffs. Um, he he definitely plays that. A grittier style, much more than Jonathan Huberto. So, and in the playoffs, that's the type of style of hockey that usually wins games. So, um, you know, I'll go, I'll go round. But with that said, um, you know, Kachuk wasn't exactly a world beater in the playoffs for the Flames. 
Um, however, the West does play a heavier game. So maybe being the East that um, that will help him being that he does play that gritty game and the East is, is different than the West. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, he's a much more of a, of a guy who's not afraid to really get into the mix, get into someone's kitchen, play physical. Whereas that's not really Jonathan Huberto's. Game. So I think in the playoffs that that will definitely help Florida. Um, and if he develops the same chemistry Barkoff uh, had with, with Huberto, with Kachuk, then forget about it. I think the Panthers will be in good shape. Um, I'm going to go beer myself. Uh, the one, one reason why is because, I, I don't know how much it's going to improve Florida, but it, it, again, the sort of to me, the, the quintessential example of the trade that cements a team to be a Stanley cup winner is always going to be in my mind, Brendan Shanahan, because you were talking about a team that went backwards to go forwards. And then they won two Stanley cups after having the best record ever uh, going yeah. again Going again to this, obviously the New York Islanders would have Butch Goring. That's that's their example. Uh, Rangers kind of don't have that. They have the five Edmonton or the Blackhawks that they brought in at the deadline, which I still debate whether or not that was really as helpful as you think. But it's Makachuk. He's he's going to be going to the dirty areas. That's what you need. And then they had Patrick Hornquist, but he's this is going to be like a completely new level. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it should improve. I don't know whether or not that's going to translate. They're still going to need more out of Sergey Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight. That's certainly Definitely. also going to help there. So let's stay in the state of Florida, Anthony. The Lightning will have to move a major player before the beginning of the season. Before the beginning, um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go shot. I think, uh, as we know, when they signed all those players to an extension on UFA Day, we were like, "What are they going to do next year?" Um, I think they'll be okay for this season. Um, but when those extensions kick in next year, um, I think they're definitely going to have to move somebody. Cause you look at that roster and you're like, well, where does the money come from? Um, you know, like for instance, I think Chernak would have been a guy that could have moved to free up Sally, but now he himself is locked up. So that takes one of the most realistic guys off the board. Um, you know, you're not moving Kucherov, you're not moving Sorelli, uh, point i mean i don't i really don't see it but one way or the other we're gonna have to move somebody my, my guess is alex Kalorn will be good as gone at some point but yeah um i'm curious to see how what they do next summer because I, I don't see an easy out for them but uh, my guess is they will have to move a player that raises an eyebrow or two problem is there's not many of them left being they just re-signed a lot of them so again um dare i say you know you move a guy who braden point who gets injured somewhat somewhat frequently i mean I, I i don't know um i don't see stamkos moving at this point i think he's a legendary player for them i think he'll be there the rest of his career so yeah um, i'm curious to see where this goes i gotta buy everybody around on this again i mean I'm, I'm running out of money tonight because anthony this is i don't know if you see the look in my eyes it's terrifying the the lightning have 7.1 million dollars right now over the cap now they don't have a first round draft choice for uh, 2023 or 2024 because those were conditionals that were in the trades that they made for, I think Brendan Hagel was one of them. Now, just going through their forwards, these are the following forwards with no move clauses full. And I'll go to the, I'll go to the partial ones in a second. Kucherov, Stamkos, those are full no move. I'll guess I'll just do it now. 
Uh, no trade calls for Nick Paul. He submits a list, and they just signed him. Alex Kalorn modified yep. no trade clause, and they, he's only making $4.45 million. Modified no trade for Nemestikov. They just signed him. Then it's um, uh, Corey Perry with a modified no trade. Patrick Maroon with a modified no trade. Victor Hedman modified no trade. And then everybody else after that, they either re-signed just now or, I mean, it's got to be Braden Point. There's no other player. There's $9.5 million tied up in Point. He's 26 years old, and he can and he's signed to 2028. Anthony, that if, if the Lightning said we want to still keep, be competing, they can actually restock their cupboard by moving Braden Point. And I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth. $9.5 million, that's, that's it. They, everybody else. Brendan Hangel doesn't have a no-trade clause, $1.5 million. Ross Colton, he's an RFA of the next year, $1.1 million. That's not getting you to seven. Maybe those two plus Kalorn if you don't want to get rid of uh, Point, which, again, it's still – I mean, NHL teams find a way to get, to get around this. I have no idea how they're getting around this. They're, everybody signed. It, it's terrifying looking at their salary cap. It really is. So – yeah, some a major player might be moved on there, but we'll we'll see about that in September. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Anthony was actually so stoic right there. I thought his screen froze for a second, and then I saw his <laughs> oh, eye move and went, "Oh wait, yeah. it's 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 yeah. crazy, it's crazy." By the way, Anthony, um, Jesper Bratt signing a one-year deal. Uh, Nazem Kadri potentially signing with the New York Islanders. And the free agent that signed last week uh, during the solo show that I did was John Klingberg. He signed with the Anaheim Ducks. So John Klingberg will prove that he's a number one defenseman with a one-year deal he signed with the Ducks. Um, shot. Uh, I think he is a very good defenseman. I wouldn't call him a number one at this point in his career. Um, I, I honestly, I think, I think he over, he totally misread the market. Uh, he fired his agent. I think that just proves that. Um, I think what he was looking for out there was was unrealistic, and he was probably you know kind of made to believe that by his agent. Um, that kind of blew up, and ultimately you see him sign a one year deal. Uh, so I think at this point his best case was to take that one year deal, and hopefully he could play at a level where he had in the past. Because the last few years he he really hadn't been playing like the John Klingberg that we knew. Um, but with that said, he's going to get a lot of ice time in Anaheim. So he'll have the opportunity to put up points, you know, play, uh, the PP number one, uh, you know, run it. So he has the opportunity to really kind of put up the numbers that will enable him to get that long-term deal. But, um, again, I think the one-year deal kind of just proved that he totally misread the market or his agent did. Uh, but at the root of this question in Anaheim, I don't think he's a true number one elite defenseman. I think he's a, I think he's a really, really good number two guy, but I don't think he's a number one. Uh, I got to go with you. And finally, down the shot. And I, I, I like I like Klingberg as a defenseman. I, I'm trying to figure out where he's going to want to go and what potentially a contract could be for him. Uh if he's thinking he's going to make $8 million or even $7 million, that's that, that deal's not there. That deal is not there. So it was one year deal with Anaheim. He's there. I mean, obviously he'll take the number one job over Kevin Shattenkirk and 
Kevin Shattenkirk will fade to the to the second uh, deep pair for power play too. But it's it's no, it's definitely a shot. He's he's not he's not really. I don't, I don't even know where that where that team is for him. Like I, I I'm baffled trying to come up with a team that's going to pay Klingberg to go there. I mean, Vancouver isn't going to do it. They're like, well, uh, was, we already got enough Swedish defensemen, I, and we have OEL. He's basically you anyway. I know Seattle and, and Detroit were really hot after him. I, I could see him landing in one of those two markets, I, and I they, they would have been my guesses. But um, again, you know, I think Detroit was my to guess too. By the way, Anaheim this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could do it. Taylor Hall did. Taylor Hall took that one-year deal in Buffalo. Um, then came back and eventually signed long-term in Boston. So I, I could see a similar thing happening with Klingberg. Yeah, and my only answer for that with Boston is, <laughs> you idiots. So, like, <laughs> I mean, Till Hall, I mean, he is just I, – I, there are players I'm critical on. Taylor Hall is the most invisible superstar. He's the most overrated player in NHL history, in my opinion. Oh, wow. There you go. All right. I'll, I'll go right out and say it. Uh, so it, it's, you know, and th- oh, by the way, next week we're going to have Taylor Hall on. So that way I can say that. No, just kidding. <laughs> it, it's just, no, it's again, it's t- t- Taylor Hall. I I think he's making $6 million this year. Does, does anybody remember anything Taylor Hall did this year? Anyway. Yeah. So that was Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk and where we were gauging our topic on NHL topics based on our choice to drink. And I didn't see whether or not guys were playing around. Hopefully you guys were, but we're going to go one more segment before we start taking questions. The more interactive part. We're actually kind of shooting through the show. 45 minutes today. Yo, that has been going great. How are we doing, Sean? And yeah, the Stanley Cup champion, Kevin Shattenkirk and the mercenary. But yeah. And by the way, Anthony DP is kind of right about this one. Um, yeah, Kadri is going to bring a lot to that rivalry, and so already, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. A lot of a lot of Ranger fans wanted had an interest in Nazem Kadri, but you know, unfortunately, the Rangers weren't able to make that work salary wise. But those same people that wanted him are, are definitely going to hate him once they see him playing for the Islanders and with the way he plays the game and you know getting in people's faces. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. It'll, it will be fun. Which, by the way, once again, everybody got to we're, – well, we're, I'd love to say we're trying to pay the bills. We're actually not getting there yet. But once again, you go go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code BAH for 20% off for also free shipping. And, you know, that's basically telling, us, telling them that we send you. I use their products all the time. And trust me, it's very smooth down there. You don't need to know anything else. So, everybody – uh, but I have actually a brief on the mark to talk about this prediction that's right up here. Uh, being single most of my life. I just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. <laughs> Anthony, I was watching uh, some videos on Twitter yesterday, and it's been a while, everybody, since I've been to a Mets game. I've been waiting to go to my first Mets game of the year. Thank you, Johnny, very much. Oh, uh... Oh, wow. Thank you, Johnny. And by the way, I hope the backs and, and Nick is doing better. So, wow. Johnny for the win. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, we, can, we can't say enough. Wow. August, uh, time All right. Are a little bit but, 
was that? <laughs> Anthony, so the Mets have a routine when a player enters the uh, – a certain player enters the field, and I'm going to show this video of it right now. And it baffles my mind, and I'll get onto this in a second. All right, we, that's for the sake of time. But I, the reason why it's actually kind of – I use the word baffles. It really doesn't baffle me. He's having a great season. But the real thing about it is, Anthony, it's Edwin Diaz of the New York Mets is proved yet again. A player can change their perception, especially in New York. New York is a very fickle market. But a player – I mean, I was in L.A. when he blew a three-run save – when the Mets were off five to five runs, the LA Dodgers. And I, I have, I have a fan. I, I like to call it a famous picture of the ball hitting in fair territory. And me looking up at the sky being like, I can't believe this freaking guy. So <laughs> while we look over at guys like say, for instance, Jacob Truba, who is Philk's whipping boy, or um, in my case, I guess well, Ryan Strom is gone. But, I mean, you look at Kaka and Frenier, they're writing their stories right now. And you, the, it wasn't too long ago that every Met fan, it, there was there was a, a different to- type of expletive when they were saying, you know, fucking Edwin Diaz. Now it's fucking Edwin Diaz. Like, you're, you're pumped about him now. And uh, I'm going to ask you about your weapon boy for the Islanders. So you have about 30 seconds to figure this one out. <laughs> but again, it's just one of those things. It's one of those things that you could always write your story. And as long as it's blank pages, just keep on going. Because now look at it. Because now instead of every Met fan dreading Edwin Diaz coming to the game, they got trumpets. They're playing trumpets for this guy. And He's been lights out uh, last last week after they played the Yankees. Boomer Esiason uh, and Boomer and Gio were comparing him with Mariano Rivera. That's insane. And by the way, the answer is Rivera is still better. And and this is coming from the Met fan. Uh, that's just how to say that. But again, now Edwin Diaz is this is is starting to become a larger than life figure, and he was destined to be a bust within his first two seasons as a New York Met. So. Sometimes just remember, guys, whether it's and I guess one example for the Islanders, Josh Bailey, Josh Bailey. If people thought, oh, he was going to be the second line center, blah, 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 blah. He goes up, plays right wing with John Tavares, becomes an all star, has a career best season, signs a signs a, a, a huge deal. And then what happens? He was he was uh, their leading point scorer in the playoffs or among one or two in the two in the three deep runs. So there you go. Anthony, who's your Islander whipping boy, by the way? <laughs> Josh Bailey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Josh, Josh Bailey is a very polarizing figure for the Islanders his whole career. You know, if, if he's not the one that's moved here, um, he's going to play his thousandth game all with the Islanders this season. Um, you know, he's been through it all. He's been on really bad teams, been on good teams. Um, you know, he's caught a lot of flack from other fans over the years. Um, 
But, you know, with that said, I, I acknowledge that, like, you, you know, he had a really good year with Tavares. He hit 70 points. Um, you know, he, he is a good playmaker. Uh, I'll give him all that. But sometimes he's just so frustrating because sometimes you watch him and he'll just make a really dumb pass. Or um, similar to Ryan Strom, you know, he kind of passes when he really should have sh- really, really should shoot. I can't even tell you how many times where it seemed like he had an open net instead of shooting, he made a pass. Um, you know, so he's been doing that his whole career, kind of just frustrating the hell out of Islander fans. Um, and you know, some of it's unwarranted because again, I do acknowledge, you know, he is, he is a, you know, a 40, 45 point guy, 50 points. I mean, the, the 70 point season, I think it was an outlier, obviously. Um, you know, but he's not a bad player. He's a, he's a middle six player and he can do good things. It's just, you know, every team has one of those guys. And I think it, it really started from, you know, he was drafted what, eighth or ninth overall, you know, he played for the Windsor Spitfires, had good numbers. People were expecting him to be this really, really good offensive player. Um, and he was rushed. He was brought in at a time where the Islanders didn't have much talent around. And I think that really hurt his development. Um, and I think a lot of Islander fans, because of all that, it's he's always been one of those guys that just, and you know, just like you kind of just get frustrated. Oh, Josh Bailey, you know, it's, it is what it is. But um, – I mean, he's been a great he's been a great player for them, um, the community. It's just sometimes he gets a lot of flack, including from someone like myself. But yeah, he 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 would be my choice. I mean, I always and by the way, it, whoever your whipping boy is, put it down in the comments below, everybody. But the and by the way, DP, you're right about this. Uh, awesome sound effects from the classic '80s game Spy Hunter. That is exactly what I was using that for. And I, I love that game. I used to play that in the arcade uh, every time I went with my mom when she would be in a bowling league. It was in, I think, Westbury Bowling Alley, and it was awesome. But anyway, getting back to this, though. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always a guy every single year. You look at him and just go, get that get that guy off my team. Really? And I, 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 <laughs> I, Just depending on who it is, I, I'm, Valeri Kaminsky comes to mind for the Rangers. Um and the same time, by the way, there's always that one guy that you're like, they need to give this guy more ice time or they need to stick on, uh, stick with this guy. I mean, I remember kind of feeling that a little bit with Mike Knubel. So there, there's, that's one thing to go with that. So when, if you remember <laughs> Mike Knubel is a New York Ranger, Ranger fans, but it's, and, but that's, that's the great thing about New York. I, I think we talked about this last year on ironically enough with Javier Baez when he was doing this ridiculous BS but in New York, you're you're going to both write your story. You could write your downfall, and you could also write your comeback. That's that's what New York is, and there's a reason why we have the expression of "I can make it there, I can make it anywhere." Well, it 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 just works. You you could go somewhere, just relax, and just or and you rise to the occasion or you don't. And and right now, as as Rick is saying right here, personally, I I prefer Sandman. You're right about that. Well, first off, better song. Uh, though the other one is very catchy too. I, I found myself humming it all day after trying to set this up. But the um you can you can write your story, you can also write your comeback, like I said just before. There is that's what that's what the city is. And Edwin Diaz could have cried his way out of town, like if you ran you remember Ranger fans, Stefan Cantal did or Jack McDowell did for the New York Yankees. Or, I remember, um, yeah, yeah, him flipping off the Yankee fans. It's 
there's a lot that 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 could happen at any moment. And you know what? More credit to this guy because he could have folded like a deck chair. Instead, now he's one of the best in the league. And even giving somebody a chance to go on the all-star game the other day because he felt like the, the it was the kid's first all-star game and he should go do it. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing just thinking about it because three years ago in 2019, I was like, this is the worst trade in Mets history. Getting Robinson Cano and this guy. And now looks like the Mets didn't overpay in any way. If anything, they might have fleeced uh, Seattle. So we'll see more about that in a minute. Let's go through some of your comments right here. And also let's start to getting some of your questions. Aaron Heilman was always very frustrating. Yeah. Much like, much like Alexander Georgiev. David, you're one of the people that saw that with me. Oh, and, um, uh, it was, it was, uh, Kellenic, Jared Kellenic. He was more interested still in being a, uh, Instagram celebrity. Uh, he's a 10, but he watches baseball. <laughs> That's right. All right. And Mike Watts is saying Bailey is the third liner. Mike, that's my first time seeing you on here. Welcome to the show. Hedel or Kako for the Rangers. Uh, Gauthier, if, if Kratz, uh, Kratzoff are left out. 51 people in the chat. Everybody hit the like. Yes. Thank you very much. A whipping boy for this year has yet to be determined for the New York Rangers. We'll see about that. Donald Brashear was for Dave. Matt Dumba in, uh, in, in Minnesota. I think it's also because Matt Dumba... Uh, Anthony, can you think of anybody else who's been traded more than Matt Dumba? Matt Dumba? He hasn't been traded? No, but I mean in the in the press reports. Like every oh, single year. Oh, yeah. oh, They're going to move on from Matt Dumba. Yeah. They're move on from Matt Dumba. His name, his name has been out there before for sure. But I can think of more guys that have been kind of been rumored to have been dealt and never have been more so than him. Yeah. I mean, and by the way, D. Ely, by the way, thank you very much, D. Ely, uh, for your help with us. Because everybody, as we mentioned before, Friday, we're going to be interviewing Jacob Slavin for the show. So cannot wait for that. And yep. uh, one of the best defensemen in uh, the league right now. <clears throat> so first can you think active, of anybody? First active player. We've, and we've and of course. I mean, we've had Grab, and great. Know, Grabner and Ryan Miller and stuff, but they weren't, you know, weren't playing anymore at the time. Uh, oh, wait. Tomas is saying his whipping boy is dry to hunt, playing anything else but a fourth line minutes, discounting his crazy month. But the fourth line for Hunt is all right. Yeah, that's about it. I actually think the fourth line for Hunt is too good. He's he's not, he's on, nice he's barely an NHLer. That's the way to say it with him. I scrolled all the way up from the beginning to kind of go through some questions or comments going through. So I'm going to try to sort through all some right, nice. of these. Can you think of um, anybody that went to the Islanders, Anthony, by the way, that started out slow and then ended up being a real good player for you? Um, I, I mean, to an, to an extent, Kyle Oposo was, was a guy that, really came on towards the end of his eye under tenure started a little slow, but um, he's one that definitely comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, go through some of these. Okay. Beginning. Um, Actually, Anthony, this is one that frustrates me. I'm going to let you take this one. (laughs) David is asking, I don't get what the advantage is by not reporting it to the league, but everybody knows or assumes he's a New York Islander. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's just this is one of those things where this is just lose rules. Um, you know, I, I, you know, he's again. I, I will admit, I don't really think he's fooling everybody. Anybody, I think general managers realize, okay, he's has Kadri signed. They, they realize they have some RFAs. Um, you know, and knowing how much cap space is available isn't top secret news. Any general manager can go on cap friendly, just like any other fan would, and see what a team's cap situation is. So, um. But, you know, so again, you know, he obviously feels like, you know, it's worth it to do it. And I don't know how much of an advantage, if at any, he does get from it. But um, this is the second year in a row where he's really doing it, withholding his signings. Um, and a lot of people have asked me, is it just like handshake agreements or and I can tell you, no, they're 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 fully signed contracts. And what he does is he just doesn't file it with the league because once you file it with the league, it has, you know, it's public. It basically comes out. Um, he doesn't file it. So the contracts are essentially signed, which is why people say it's in the draw and he just has to file it. Um, so technically speaking, because another question I get is, and Mark, I'm sure you asked this at one point too, how does the league even allow this? Well, I, I think the league doesn't even really, the league doesn't even really know like us. They assume like you don't, you know, when you're negotiating a contract with somebody, you don't have to tell the league that, you know, that you're doing so. So the league has no idea until you have a signed sign contract sent to them. So I don't even think they know what, what's going on for sure. So that's what he does. Again, I agree, David, I, I don't really know how much, how much really it helps him, but he believes that this gives him a competitive advantage over teams. Um, And I went away from the comment cause I accidentally clicked on the Greg McKegg one, but uh, that's, it's uh it's frustrating for us, but again, it's like, how do you legislate that you have to turn in the filing on that? It, it, it's, it's almost impossible to legislate that. It's like trying to figure out uh, NBA players or just players talking to each other and calling that for tampering. Owners yeah. can't do it, but players can. So yeah, it's just like that. All right. What's the next uh, question you got? So it's from Mike. Who are the Islanders are shedding to make the salary work? Kind of touched on this. Um, I think the hope is amongst most Islander fans is that it's Josh Bailey that goes. Um, you know, Arizona, for instance, took the you know took Andrew Ladd, and Bailey's a much much better player than he is, and they still didn't have to give up too much. So they they probably could move Bailey to a team that has a lot of cap space and not really have to attach anything because you you are still getting a good middle six forward. Um, but I would say it's either going to be Bailey. Or, or Anthony Bovillier to go. Um, I think those are the those are the two most likely options. Um, Matthew, which I don't know if I've seen him before, but um, thanks for your question. Again, similar type of similar type of question. Um, but which of your two top D men gets to say goodbye? Um, well, no, they they wouldn't move any of their top D. I mean, Pollock, Pellick, Dobson, they're all there to stay. Scott Mayfield, now he could be a guy that eventually gets moved, but the only thing is he's making $1.45 million. Um, I mean, value-wise for the contract, he's probably been one of the best value players in the league the last couple of years in terms of his dollars and what you get from him on the ice because he's a, you know, over the last couple of years, he developed into a really, really solid top four D that could play on the right side. Um, and Mark, right now, he's a third-pairing right-handed defenseman because Pollock and Dobson are ahead of him. Um, so again, by moving him, you're not really saving much. So I think they will, I think they will keep him. However, I think he would hold value. I think he could probably get a second round pick and a, 
middling prospect for Scott Mayfield. But um, other than that, I don't see any other D that get moved. I'm going to store that one for later that I see. And we'll make sure we'll make sure we read some of these. So that way the, uh, the, the audio listeners can hear them too. Uh, that that question was whose salary gets dumped when to keep Kadri when Barzell wants payday next year. By the way, Anthony, again, uh, that's Bailey and, and Beauvillier. That's yeah, what it always comes down to, doesn't it? That's probably it. And as far as Barzell, he's he's eligible for an extension now. You know, he said he you know he wants to play his whole career on the island, all that stuff. Um, that also could be something else that Lou's working on. He could be looking to extend Barzell uh, a year early. Um, so that's an option too. I mean, right now, I, I think Barzell's still going to really want high dollars, but we'll see if he waits another year for that or not. Uh, and again, Dave, right here. Um, yeah, again, if it's seven years, I think the end of that deal, like the Trocheck deal, I think could, you know, could be problematic. Uh, but again, you know, Lou is 80 years old. Um, you know, let's face it. He's not really going to be around doing this job too much longer. So I think he just wants to win a cup. So in the short term, yeah, uh, for the next two to three years, it could be really great value. But I'm, I'm hoping it's only a five-year deal. Uh, CJ, once again, I don't know if you've been on here, but uh, nice to see you on here. Um, and Mark, this is the message I mentioned. A lot of Islander fans felt there. We didn't need another. We didn't need another center, top-scoring winger. So um, I, I mentioned Mark again. I didn't. I didn't say it was going to happen. I said it, it could be something Lou could do if he really wanted to, uh, you know, shake things up. He could trade a center like Nelson. Uh, Pat, see, Pajot, um, I don't see Pajot moving because I think uh, for two reasons. One, he's he's the best, aside from Sezikis, he's the best defensive forward you have, and he's also more offensively gifted than Sezikis. So and the other reason is he wouldn't bring back an elite wing scoring winger where I think Barzell – um, and Nelson could. So I think Pajot is here to stay. If anyone, it would be, it would be Nelson to move, but I, I get the premise of this, but I don't, I don't see Pajot moving. Um, I think if anything, it would be Nelson would go, but even that I'm, I'm really not sold on. Uh, so by the way, this is uh step boy, Steven from Wardy NHL, who is saying Kadri is a great ad for the Islanders. But actually, sorry, Rangers Review is the name of the channel now for them. Kadri is a great ad for the Islanders, but there's a reason to be cautious for Kadri's career year. Happened in a season where uh, scoring was historically high. Still a great ad for them. You know what? Right. I think the biggest thing about Kadri on that, Anthony, is that how did I always say Nazem Kadri's season's ended with a suspension? Not yeah. one. No. Not and one. you know what? He. Again, like Steven said, he's not going to replicate the 87-point season, but he, like, he could still be a, a 60 60- point guy at a minimum, especially if he plays with Barzell. Who knows? Maybe he has really good chemistry and he does hit 70 points if they play on a line. So, But that's that's to be determined. Speaking about which, we're looking at doing a prospect show with uh, Rangers Review. Uh, more on that. Stay tuned this weekend. So, uh, JP, first time seeing you. Welcome to the show. And a uh, great picture with the dog. Um, I really wish I could see Gaudreau, Blaze, and Mott on the same line. Fingers crossed for a miracle Mott signing. You know what? Yeah, I got to agree with that. And I would love to see Tyler Mott back on the New York Rangers. He is a hell of a player. And I I was very much uh, – I, I liked what I saw from him. Who knows? They could always – he could always just sign elsewhere. Like, 
a team that's not going to make the playoffs and then say, all right, we'll get you back at the trade deadline. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, one guy that I would love to see on this New York Rangers roster next year is Will Cooley. I would love to see if, if he can make that jump. We're going to see about that one soon enough. I know Brendan Oppmann is one of those guys that could make a jump, but uh, I think he's going to have to stay in the OHL for a little bit longer. And that would be probably best for everybody involved. Uh, <laughs> Rick, you know what? 100% right. We're really going to miss Nemeth this year. Oh, and by the way, it's not. I'm actually very punctual. It's not me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, without Nemeth, who are the fans going to blame for everything going wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, that's a great question. I wonder who everybody's going to blame for everything going wrong. Kako. I think that's where it's going to come down to. So uh, that would be a dream fourth line. Uh, did you have any other ones that are? And Rick is saying that right there. Maybe Cooley over Greco. Yeah, I started from the literal top, so I'm just scrolling through. Oh, make nice. Sure Keep going. Gets there. Um, this is from THG. Uh, I, I have to, I don't know if he's still on or not, but I have to disagree with this. Uh, I get, oh, sorry. Anthony, click that again. I, I get uh, I get the fact that you didn't need another center, but Nazem Kadri is a really good hockey player. He adds a lot of elements. He, he you know, he adds the offense. He adds the, the grittiness. Uh, you know, another another guy who could play against the another team's top line. Um, you know, he, he makes down. There's a lot better, but I, I do get because you know, again, they didn't really need another center and they needed a scoring wing. But um, you have to you have to trust uh, in Lou that you know he's bringing a guy that just won a Stanley Cup and is a you know winner and and can really contribute on all areas. So um, I, I get the sentiment, but I disagree. I think I think this is a good signing for the Islanders. Well, here's here's a question I have for you on that, Anthony. Because everybody's saying we need scoring winger, and we need a scoring winger. What if moving Barzell to the wing just creates that scoring winger? Now you're talking about yeah, well, now you're talking about Matt Barzell's, Matt Barzell's numbers on a wing. Go ahead. No, yeah, I agree. Uh, like I said, Barzell moving Barzell to the uh, to the wing lessens his defensive responsibility, gives him gives him more freedom. Um, so it, it could be like you said, adding that scoring wing. You know, Kadri can Kadri could play with can play with the big boys. You know, so um, you know I think it could be a good marriage if him and Barzell play against against one another. So um, so yeah, I, I I won't I don't hate that idea of, of Barzell moving to the wing. I don't. I did uh, star this one, but let me just give it to you right now, Anthony. Uh, I got a question for Anthony. What Islanders prospect is your dark horse to make an impact in the near future? I gotta go with the Duff man, William William Dufour. Um, That's mine too. He had a hell of a year. Quebec Major Junior Hockey League MVP. Um, he was the Memorial Cup MVP. Uh, you know, he was the first guy in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League to reach 50 goals. I think since 2018. Um, you know, I, I I acknowledge that he's an older guy playing against younger competition, um, but you can't take away his shot and release. Um, and some guys just kind of blossom late. So. We'll see if his game translates to the NHL. I mean, he's definitely going to, I think, start in Bridgeport. I don't see any way he can unseat anybody on the roster. Um, I mean, maybe his smallest of chance, Oliver Wallstrom, if he really outplayed him, but I don't see that happening. Uh, so I think he's going to be in the AHL for, for a year or so, but uh, he would be the guy if I did have to pick one. Steven also added, by the way, when Barzell was in Seattle, he played a lot of shifts as a winger on the power play, yeah. so it's not too yep. far-fetched. So um, Chris is actually 
Okay, go ahead. Do this right. one. <laughs> so this is interesting because Timo Meyer, um, Mike, when, not wasn't Mike Greer himself, but I forget which insider it was. Maybe Elliot Freeman said that Greer is going to have to make an interesting decision on Meyer because are they rebuilding? If so, you know his his qualifying offer would be ten million next season. Um, he's a really really good player. Uh, if again, you know, if they feel like they're going in a different direction and that's a high dollar amount, um, maybe they pull a block. You know, with the Blackhawks, they would debrink it. No one understood why they would trade him. So San Jose could be a similar role. But with Timo Meyer, Mayfield and Pajot, my friend, aren't getting it done. Timo Meyer, you have to put Matt Barzell. You have to put Matt Barzell on the deal, um, and that that would go to my that would go to my my thing is if if Lou wanted to really shake things up, would he trade a Barzell or a Nelson for an elite winger? In this case, Meyer would be it would have to be Barzell, not Nelson. But um, that would be an interesting kind of like fantasy proposal, but. Uh, I don't know at the end of the day if I would do it as good as Timo Meyer is, or you know, usually centers hold more value. But yeah, I mean that would be a move that you know, <laughs> it would be hard to say no to that. Uh yeah, definitely. Centers always hold more value. That's what I always say about them. And uh, I mean, it, it, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. I thought. By the way, that reminded me. I thought I had one on the bar talk, which was uh, David Quinn will finish out three years with the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I don't know if he makes it three years. <laughs> I don't know. That team's gonna um, be going for a rebuild. This one earlier, could you see a one-year deal? I, I know Klingberg just did it, but I don't see any way that Kadri would agree to a one-year deal, even if his good relationship with Lou. You know, he's thirty-one. It's too risky. Just one chance at a big payday. Why was if he takes a one-year deal, he gets hurt. Um, that would significantly, you know, affect his ability to get a big long-term contract next year at a high dollar amount. So I don't, I don't see any way that would happen. Um, gone through earlier, mentioned Carrillo's landed in Minnesota. I saw that Thank article God. from the Wild beat writer Mike Russo. I know there was some speculation that things really weren't looking good for him in Russia. So that's good. I think all Wild fans are taking a huge. A sigh of relief right now that the Kirill the Thrill is back in the States. Oh, wow. Hey, Anthony, I, I never considered this either, but Mike is saying Barzell lowers his value by moving to the wing, which is also a win for the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I suppose that could be true. Yep. Um, but then again, who was the highest paid player in free agency this year? That was a wing. Johnny that's Goudreau. right. And he's yeah, a wing. Johnny yeah. Goudreau is a wing. Well, that's what happens um, when you, um, yeah. But uh, this, I, I don't think that has any, that has any, I, I don't know. I don't think it's um, got any legs. I, I did, I did see a comment, I guess an interview Panarin did in Russia. Um, and he said that, you know, it would be impossible for the Rangers to trade him because of his no move. Uh, mm-hmm. So he did comment on that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see Panarin waving. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, he's he's a Russian guy. He likes to spend time in Florida in the offseason. I, I would assume he would he would wave to go to, like, Tampa Bay or Florida, but that's just fantasy talk. That's not happening. Neither team has the money to, to, to make something like that work. So, Anthony, I did this every single year for all things Rangers when it was Henrik Lundqvist on the block. They're like, oh, you got to trade Henrik Lundqvist. You got to trade Henrik Lundqvist. You got you to trade Henrik Lundqvist. First off, who's playing net for you? You still want to stand when it's Stanley Cup. You're not winning it with Cam Talbot or with um, Auntie Ranta. Those were facts. 
So yeah. let me get back. To, so let's get back. To, we'll get back to the Islanders in one second. There's a great question for Anthony right here. Um, so then it was, all right, Henrik Lundqvist is a full no move, no move clause, $8.5 million. And you had to find the slot for him on a team that he wants to go to that'll give up prime assets to get him, to, to get him back. Because unlike Vegas, the, the Rangers would ask for something back. So yeah. now you have a guy making $11.5 million that is uh, just coming off a 96-point season. And you got to figure out what to get back for him because the, the answer on that is yes and, as I always like to say. And yeah. <laughs> then it's you got to find somewhere for Panarin that wants to go that, that can afford to pay him. He's every good team. I will point to every good team in the league. They don't have eleven million dollars available no. under the cap. No, it is not happening. Well, so I mean, Anaheim, Arizona, teams like that, but it's moot because Panera never waived there. Again, I think he would waive for Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, I mean, that's it. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Islanders. I mean, I think he would have played there if the Rangers never stepped up. But yeah, it's not. It's not happening. Ranger fans don't have to worry. Panarin's got to be a ranger for i mean maybe the entire rest length of his contract so i don't think that's an issue yeah panarin's going nowhere and i always get on this whenever it's you go to a team that's rebuilding and then once they rebuild then it's oh well we need to move that guy well i got no move laws because now that you're good you want to get rid of me because yeah right now the next year comes up let's say keandre miller and alexa lafreniere have career seasons the, the best move for the Rangers is to dump Jacob Truba's $8 million and give it to them. Jacob, If I'm Jacob Truba, especially if we don't, if the, the Rangers don't win the Stanley Cup, almost, I did say we, but I almost finished that sentence. If the Rangers don't win the Stanley Cup, I would say piss off. Uh, I'm yeah. staying here. <laughs> that's that's yep. just how it is. So, Anthony, go ahead. Um, as of right now, yeah, Salo would be the, the left defenseman on the third pair with, with Mayfield. Um, I mean, maybe if, if if Lou has Calvin DeHaan's contract in the draw, too, then, you know, that would push Salo out of the lineup. But as of right now, yeah, Robin Salo um, is probably ticketed for the, the the third left pair defenseman with Mayfield on the right. I liked what I saw out of Robin Salo for, for the Islanders last year. Yeah, I did. I yeah, did. Not, especially no as, issue at all. Especially as, like, a, a uh, bottom pairing defenseman, I think that's a great deal. Uh, yeah. I had this one that was dog-eared for you because it's. I think it's an important one, Anthony, which is what happens to uh, Ratty or Aturatu this year because I still don't know his pronunciation. Can we settle Ratu, that? Um, I think he's, he's good. Again, like do, like do four, he's going to start in Bridgeport. Um, and, you know, if he earns a call-up mid-year because of an injury or just because he's playing well, um, then I think you'll see him. Um, but uh, there's really no shot. He, he makes the team to start. Um, and again, also what complicates things with the addition of, uh, adding Kadri, like I said, um, you know, Ratu's a center too. So, I mean, where does, where does he fit? Because, you know, at this point now they have five centers and a lot of them are signed. So, uh, but he's a guy that I could see him starting his career on the wing in the NHL but I don't think you'll see him this year unless the Islanders were ravaged with injury or, um, you know, or by some chance they were bad. And at the deadline, they, they moved some pieces and he kind of finished out the year. But 
Um, I have high hopes for him. I just don't think you'll see him for a while. Do you see this Islander team go to the Stanley Cup Finals, which is what they need this year or next if they get Kadri? Do you agree? I mean, By the way, Mario, honestly, hope you're feeling better. Yes, that's the main thing. Hopefully everyone's in good health and you're feeling good. Um, maybe, you know, too hard to predict. Uh, I always go back to, Mark, when we had Dan Rosen on our show, what was it, last offseason, um, he said that September, he, had, he, saw, yeah, he saw no holes in the Islanders lineup and – um, was kind of right on the train with everybody else with picking them to go to the cup finals. So you know, you never know what's going to happen in the national hockey league. You know, there is a lot of parity. Um, so especially that you know, Metro division. Yeah. You know, last year, I think personally it was aberration for the Islanders, the, the, the new building, the road trip, getting hit with COVID once you come home um, and some injuries. I think it just was such a bad year for them. Um, I think they will bounce back this I don't know if I could say they'll make the cup finals. Who knows? I mean, with Kadri and Romanov, they're going to be a much better team. Maybe Lane Lambert has loosened the system up a little bit and numbers increase. So it's hard to say. I mean, I do think they will get in the playoffs, but I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say whether or not for sure I could say yes or no definitively. But they will Who's be spot improved. Are they taking? That's for sure. Whose spot? Yep. Washington. Okay. Or, I'm okay with that. Or honestly, I know they're in a different division, so it'd be more so a wild card. But I, I can see Boston falling out. I not. I mean, they haven't signed Bergeron and Krejci yet. Um, you know, Marshawn's going to miss the first oh, couple months of the season. Same thing, I think, with Grizzlick and I think McAvoy too. Uh, Swayman and 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 uh, Olmark. Eh, I don't know. I don't really like Boston. I don't. What about um? What about beating up the guys at the old folks' home in Pittsburgh? That too, that too. I mean, I mean, we always say Washington, Pittsburgh falling out. I think this is finally the year that one of them, that one of them does. Well, fortunately, Stephen already answered the question for me that Rich put up there, but it was it, Rich's question. He has, what's the chance Ottman gets playing time at the NHL level? This is the reason why I'm saying it with the Pittsburgh Penguins right now and still on that same thought, because you can't just bring people in just for the sake of bringing them in. This isn't yeah. a video game where you can have Sean Green. Uh, I'm, th I'm thinking back to 1999 uh, with baseball. Sean Green being your number seven hitter for the for the New York Mets. No, and a created player at number one. I'll give you a hint. That was his number. But <laughs> it's it's you got to bring in guys with roles intended for them. Otherwise, yeah. they're just – Drifting through, like what is like? I what's agree. Julian Gauthier's role on the Rangers? Does anybody He's really know? That's why the Rangers need to part with him. The reason why I'm getting yeah. with that is what are the what are the Penguins doing with Jeff Petrie? Like it makes no sense to me. It they're honestly doesn't. They're, 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 they're trying, trying to, to win. win but, is it be a power play quarterback? He's not on power play one. You're are you are you putting Latang on two? Are you putting Malkin on two? Yeah. No, sorry. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, that's that's one of those things, and it's if if you're telling me that is even strength numbers are that good, all right. Well, it's uh, whatever. That's that's what I would say for that one. Yeah, yeah. This it's one, just no. This I one made this one made me laugh, and I I mean I even said it. He's he's 80 years old. He's not. I mean, granted, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he doesn't want to kind of screw the next person, especially if it was his son that took over for GM. But <laughs> at the end of the day. 
you know, he, he you know, he wants to win now. I, I think I think this is last year on a contract. I mean, it will never come out because it's the Islanders and it's Lou. But I I think this is the last year of his deal. So and he's 80. I think he wants to win. So he's I think he'll do whatever he can to try to win the cup now. I'm not, I don't really think he's overly concerned with the future. So he, that's that's it's in jest, but it's also true. There was a joke from How I Met Your Mother back in the day of, do you know whose problem that is? That's future Ted's problem, not mm-hmm. not present Ted. So again, <laughs> just like you're saying right there, that's yeah. that's that's the only person you have to worry about. You have to worry about, and you're right about that, Anthony. I don't think he wants to screw over his son. Lou is actually always pretty good with keeping one eye on the present and one, and one eye on yeah. the future. Yep. So uh, that's, I mean, because imagine what Lou would have to do in Calgary. Yeah, there's no movement with Mont right now. I I haven't heard a peep out of him. So in any way, it's it's different. Um, like so, silence with with Lou and the Isles means one thing, but then like when you when you hear silence on guys like Taylor Mott and Sonny Milano and you know and PK Subban, because it's it, it's at this point where these guys are the type of guys that are, that are either going to accept PTOs and mm-hmm. get an offer to a camp or they'll sign a one-year deal right before camp starts. So that's why there's silence on my, it's not because there's some sort of secrecy going on with Drury. Like there is with, it's just because this is just par for the course. These lesser, these lesser UFAs kind of just waited out till late in the summer. They let teams figure out what their situations are cap wise. And then again, they look to grab a PTO somewhere or a cheap contract. So that that's why there's silence on Mott, just because this is kind of par for the course with players like these towards later in the offseason. Would you agree, Mark? I would agree with that a lot. I think that there's um I think there's teams interested in him. I think he wants to come back to New York. He sent out an Instagram message basically thanking all the fans. And first off, you have all the Ranger fans chiming in to saying, why not resign and go for one more run? The other thing is the the Vancouver fans all jumping on that bandwagon and saying, come back and we'll try to do it again with you. And I still think Vancouver is going to be a very good team next year. I, I think another year for Thatcher Demko developing. And if you can get JT Miller to be anywhere near as good as what he was, let's say if he's an 85-point player, I think that's still going to be good for Vancouver. Bruce Brugio is a great coach. He, he always figures out how to get teams into the playoffs. Where, so that would not surprise me. Mark, where do you see, where do you see Tyler Mott going? So that's the thing. Uh, I, I would have – he's a guy – like, if you have any space – and you're a playoff team right now or an aspiring playoff team, say like the New York Islanders, and you need to, and you have any space, you want to strengthen your bottom six, go get that guy. Yep. Man, he was such a difference maker for the Rangers. So I, where do I see him? I think actually going back to the Rangers, that would be great. Um, so the, the Rangers only have $1 million in cap space. So how do you, how at, at this point, I don't know how, I don't know how you would even make that work. You're not going to make it work. Yeah. That's the simplest way to do to, yeah. to mention that. <laughs> yeah, because um, I think but, I think Mott I think Mott wanted like around two and a half million dollars. was being reported. I think that's way too much for the Rangers right now. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that 
if he wants to be a Ranger, he's going to have to go somewhere that's not a playoff team and then try to be traded there. And again, that's if you're going somewhere like in Arizona. You know you're not making the playoffs. You know they're going to be yeah. players at the trade deadline. You know they're going to move you for something. I had, ask, I had heard no trade clause in, so you know where you're going. I had heard him being linked to L.A. earlier in the offseason. I, I don't know yeah. if that's still if that's that still would be a great thing. That's one team I that's one team I had heard was L.A. Um, another team I could see him on. I could see him on Boston. I mean, they could use a little bit more mm-hmm. more of that speed in their bottom six. Uh, so again, I mean, cap space after they potentially sign Krejci and Bergeron. Um, you know, I could I could see him in a place like Carolina. I mean, Mark, does not does Tyler Mott not fit that typical hurricane suffocating oh, yeah. on top of you game? Yeah. And look, again, if you go, I could go down the list. Uh, Tyler Mott going to the Washington Capitals. He fits what they, they would love to do over there. Tyler Mott going to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They would love to have him over there. Uh, and you know, I mean, everything. And you know, but like brother, you said, the Hurricanes are another one. So, I mean, and that goes you know, to the West. The, the other Kings, you would be perfect for too. Yeah. The other, the other Sorry, issue Andy, is with these guys and why they're still out there. No, it's fine. With the other issue with these guys and why they're mainly still out there is that, you know, Tyler Mott, again, you know, he's looking at a two and a half million dollar contract, maybe even two and three quarters. Not many teams have that much money to give to a, let's face it, a fourth line player. I mean, third line, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's part of the problem, too. And especially when you consider this. Hold on. Let me give you a list of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams in the NHL are over the salary cap as we speak. Yeah. You can be over by as much as 10% up until I think it's September 1st. And then yeah. – uh, and then it's, or even I think it might be September 14th or something like that before preseason games are played because after all the time, the Islanders got Letty and Boychuk because the, yeah. the Bruins and, uh, and the Chicago was over there. Uh, it's all right. See, but I, I'd rather give up on a player one. I, I've, I've said this too often on this podcast. I'd rather give up on a player one year too late than one year too early when it's a capo caco. Now, but what I happened the other way when it was Tony D'Angelo, I was like, give up on him now, maximize what you can get because you're not getting that. But what happens, what happens though, Mark, if, and again, if, what happens if he has another 30 point season? Um, what do you do? What do you do at that point? Now you're talking yet another year of that type of production and you're left with someone who doesn't have that much value. That hurts. Still looking at him. Still looking at him when he gets around 23, 24. That's just what I think. He's a cheap third liner, then. That's what he really is. Is he hyped? Oh, yeah. But let me throw another name out at you. Oh, let me throw two names out of you. One who was productive originally, one who a team traded for a uh, established uh, forward. I can't even say superstar because one guy I'm getting at is Todd Bertuzzi. The Islanders gave up on Todd Bertuzzi way too quick and yeah. kind of with good reason. I mean, he was all over the place as an Islander and then, and they trade him for Trevor Linden, who was definitely past his prime. Brian McCabe and, too was in that deal. Yeah. Brian McCabe was in that deal too. So that was the, they, they traded their captain. Yeah. They traded the captain in that trade. And, um, 
The other one is uh, for Ranger fans, Alexei Kovalev. Uh, Alexei Kovalev, they gave up on him. They sent him to Pittsburgh in the deal that brought back Peter Nedved. And uh, then Kovalev explodes. And then it's, why did we ever trade this guy? It was what fans were saying. Then the Rangers trade for him back. And he's he didn't exactly explode. I mean, there, there was way too much uh, talent going around all over the place. And then... And then he goes to Montreal, finishes up his career, arguably a Hall of Famer. I think he's borderline. Yeah. And that that's the thing. I, I don't want to – I'd rather be left with we tried, we failed, it didn't work. And then some players go off and find their own niche, and then that's it. Look no further than Valerian Nachushkin. He just the, – the Colorado thought he was undis, indispensable. I almost said undispensable. Dallas him out. Yeah. I mean, stars um, are looking at him now going, oh, uh, why couldn't we have that guy? Moving on, some of these others. Um, so this – so last speaking, year – By the way, speaking about contracts, the Islanders can move, Anthony. Yeah, well, not anymore, no, because there's no, there's literally no capable backup goalies left on the market. Now, you, you, you can't really trade Varlamov now at this point unless you want – unless you want Tyler Wall or Andrew Hammond being your backup because that's who's basically left out there. Um, mm. Braden Holtby is still technically UFA, but it was reported his career is over. So, um, so this is the first year where Ilya is the 100%, no doubt about it, starter. Going into last season, Varlamov got hurt and missed the first eight games. But going into last season, Varlamov was still expected to kind of be the, the platoon guy, 1A, 1B. This is the first year that Sorokin is the established starter. So um, my guess is that Sorokin maybe. Sorokin plays 55 games or so, and Varlamov gets the rest. I think Lane Lambert, Barry Trotz was a more veteran guy. I don't. I think Lane Lambert will probably rely on Ilya more than more than Trotz wanted to last season. Last season, but I, I would still expect Varley to get maybe 30, 35 games. By the way, just to mention this, there's another eight teams. With two million dollars or less on the salary cap, but I think it's still going to be like a 60-40 split. I think Verlamov does need the games uh, to to keep himself sharp, but I think that's that's going to be there. Lauren, how are you doing today? So this was an older one. Um, I, I love I love this one yeah, actually. I, I don't I'm glad you started. I don't see. I know Nashville has Saros, but. Trading Askarov would be a, I think, would be a mistake. I mean, the Devils would probably jump out the chance because there's their potential franchise goalie. Um, However, you just said the other name, Saros. Yes, I don't, but I still don't see Nashville moving Askarov, even though Saros is there. I I don't. And I agree with you on that. I mean, that would fall right in the Devils' lap. That's for sure. Yeah, that's the way you capitalize on teams that they have two good goalies. Yes. Shot Panthers aren't going. This to one was playoffs. interesting when we were wow. doing the bar talk. That was bold. That was bold. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, Panthers still a good hockey team. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at the Atlantic Division. In the Atlantic Division, all of us are in you, agreement. You know the, the Lightning the team is the Boston Bruins. The Lightning the are there. there. The Lightning are there. The Leafs are there mm-hmm. for sure. So yes. That third team, I, I mean, the Panthers are definitely better than the Bruins, even though they're definitely better than the Sabres. Let's just let's just call that. They're better than Montreal. Ottawa's very much improved, but 
sorry, the Panthers are still the better are still the are the top three in that division. I see I see there's no way they miss the playoffs barring a Barkoff significant injury. I mean I do. I think they're they're still too good of a hockey team. And I'm gonna bring up something in a second. By the way, right now we are at 42. Actually, I forgot to like the video myself. We're at 43 likes on YouTube. We need seven more for our goal today, today, everybody. Um Speaking about which, let's end that Nazem Kadri poll. 62% people think the Islanders are better with Nazem mm-hmm. Kadri. Uh, I'm going to go one step better, Anthony, and I'm going to bring up Paul Maurice's coaching record. Because if I am correct, well, by the way, he's almost 100 games over 500. We're NHL 500. Uh, but his coaching record... His team generally makes the playoffs all the time. There you go. Yep. Ronald is saying, do you believe the Tampa Bay Lightning will be going back to the Stanley Cup Finals? Yes or no? Anthony, I'll let you start that one. For fourth year in a row? No, I don't. I know I said that last year. I didn't think they would do it, you know, be back in the finals, but they were. I, I don't see it this year. I just, it's too hard. I don't see it happening. And I'm going to go, no, uh, definitely not. It's it's going to be too hard. I don't know where they get to improve their team in at the trade deadline if they want to go for it. Uh, it the funny part is we're going to do our year in review show eventually. And Phil said at the beginning of last year, either they're going to have to trade for a defenseman or they're going to pick up two forwards at the trade deadline. That might propel them into the Stanley Cup Finals. Why you watch us, guys? Because we know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> uh, but by the way, Paul Maurice, generally yeah. speaking, always makes the playoffs. He's uh, he missed once with the Carolina Hurricanes, and then another two more times after the Stanley Cup Finals. He didn't make with Toronto. Okay, so that, but that was during the Toronto like pseudo. They were falling down phase. That, that was post lockout. Then after that, it was back with the Hurricanes. He had the team that he inherited from uh, LaViolette, and then they weren't any good for another couple of years. He goes back to Winnipeg, doesn't make the playoffs his first season, swept his second season, out for the next two seasons because they were still pretty young, and then 17 games in 2018, first-round exit in 2019, uh, the bubble, however they want to say it, they were out in they were out in uh, four games, and then another two rounds with the Jets in 2020. So, yeah, I guess that was that basically covers that. Because if Paul, Paul Maurice gets his teams in, <laughs> into the playoffs, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I I I think that in relation to Tampa Bay, though. Um, I I think that they if you look at them this year they lost they lost Andre Palat they brought back Nemestikov uh, they lost Jan Roda but added Ian Cole um, I think they are I think they're a similar team right now I don't think they're much improved Yeah so I mean I, I don't know how Ottawa exactly jumps into that I don't know how Buff I mean the only the only spot up for grabs really you know, I think in the Atlantic is. And again, it's wild card because you have to say it like that is uh, is Boston. And then unless something catastrophic happens with Toronto, 
because we know they're going to score enough goals to make the playoffs. That's what we know. Are they going to keep the puck out of the net to win in the playoffs? Stay tuned on that one. Maybe Mark, Ilya Samsonov will leave another yeah. drop pass behind the net for Riley Smith. I'm starting. I'm starting to get almost almost caught up, but I came across this one, uh, and I know it frustrates you so much because you know you, you want the Lou just keep stifling you. So I figure you bring you up, let let you speak on that a little bit more. <laughs> also, at what point of Lou being silent uh, this long? Basically, all the teams in the NHL know he has the deal with Kadri. There's literally no leverage anymore for salary dump because they all know. Yeah, there's also no leverage for a, an RFA contract because they can go 10% over yes. and then dump salary. There's a reason why Tampa Bay is basically signed everybody to the for the rest of their lives right now. I, I mean, Julian Breezeblah is like the opposite. I got to well, highlight this one, Anthony. Of a uh, question for me, how do I feel about Justin Huberto playing in the country of Justin Trudeau? <laughs> uh, Jonathan, uh, John, I, I, there's going to be a, a, a Justin Huberto shirt eventually that I know I'm going to get on there. But that I know, I know that's what it clicked in my head. I was trying to say Jonathan Huberto, and I said Justin. Oh dear God, I'll never live that one down. Um, Gun to Exodus, who's left for free agents. Um... Nick uh, Nick Elberger actually tweeted earlier that uh, with with Kadri's this contract, assuming being in the draw on Long Island, he listed the best free agents available. It was basically Evan Rodriguez. Um, well, honestly, honestly, Mark is a nice is a nice little third line center option for a team out mm-hmm. there. It's awesome cap space. Surprised he's still out there. Rodriguez, Sonny Milano, um, PK Subban was on there. Uh, Trying to figure out who else he listed on there, but those are just some of the, the, the really the top one is Evan Rodriguez. Evan Rodriguez is pretty much the best free agent available right now out there. State of survival. Welcome to the show. This is the first time I'm seeing you. If the Islanders mm-hmm. sign Kadri, then someone is traded for a winger, Nelson plus Mayfield plus for Jason Robertson. I would no. I guess, was... I guess the four is. Uh, oh no, that is. That Mayfield Nelson, and then there's something else in there. That's Dallas, what I'm trying to say. With Dallas is is basically building around Robertson now with Ben and Sagan's game going downhill. He's their he's their best player in my opinion. He's not going anywhere. He's an RFA, but he's not going anywhere. And, and my answer on that would my answer on that would be uh, no. That's <laughs> just yeah. just that simple. If you called me up and asked me for Jason Robertson, it's just no. What about this, Mark? What did you do? David thinks Trubo would wave his no NMC for Detroit. I think he'd wave it for Boston. I think that would be about it. Uh, if it, the full NMC, uh, he's got that until 2024, and then it's a 16 team no trade list. Yeah. And look for the Rangers in 2024 to move him then. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't really see him going anywhere anytime soon. No, not for two years at least. No. And, uh, and even Stephen broke that down. By the way, Stephen's saying it's Atu Ratu. So, because uh, that's just how I see that. Tom, by the way, this is my first time seeing you. Welcome to the show. The Metro is a hard prediction. Atlantic is too tough, but I think the moves after uh, I think the moves made this offseason Metro will be even more difficult. You know what? I- I'm inclined to say yes, but here's here's the the questions I really still have. Did Carolina get better? The, uh, the Rangers, I think the Rangers slightly improved because I think Trocek's an improvement over, over Strom, and we'll see how the lines shake out. I still think don't play Trocek with Benarin. Um, I think they would be better with with a Kako unit. That's just what I think. Um, so, 
So I think that opens up the spot for, say, the Islanders to get in. Is Pittsburgh too old? We know Tristan Jari is going to get injured. He always does every single year, and he's going to miss some time. Does that does that help or hurt them? Uh, Pittsburgh, I talked about the Islanders before, Anthony. Pittsburgh, I'm going to look up their age in a second. Their average age has to be somewhere like yeah. 32. I mean, I'm not I'm not in love with their team. Obviously, we all know they kept the tie and they kept Malkin. Obviously, Crosby's still there. Um, you know, they they re-signed Denton Heinen. Uh, Jeff Carter's there, but he's old. Um, I don't know. Pittsburgh, I'm not I'm not really sold on, on Pittsburgh, um, to be honest with you. I don't really I mean Casper Capitan's back. I I but I don't know. I, I it's again for me, it's either them or Washington that would fall out. That's that's I know we've been, again said it we've been predicting that, but for me, those are the two easy choices in the Metro who would fall out. So by the way, six guys are the forwards are going to be 30 years old by the time that starts. Now, the only uh, the only one I'll, I'll put an asterisk next to that for, Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby yeah. might be 34. He plays like he's 28. Yeah, yeah. So, I agree. Um, but let's go to their defense. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Petrie, 34 years old. Crystal Tang, 35 years old. Brian Dumoulin, 30 years old. Uh, Marcus Pedersen is 26. There's a win. But then it's 32 for Jan Ruda. And then 32 for Chad Ruedel. And then 22 for Ty Smith. And, I mean, ugh, this, yeah. this is getting frustrating just as I'm trying to read this. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're too old. They're, they're just too old. It's that simple. Can they, can they put up a fight? Sure. And, and people that want to say, oh, uh, they, 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 they would have made this. Thing. I love this one. I saw this comment on Twitter one time. That we really should be talking about Sidney Crosby going up against uh, the latest dynasty as he goes for you know the Stanley Cup. Instead, you Jacob Trouba cheap shot him. Yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh had two separate 2 nothing leads in closeout games. Yeah. They have no one to blame but themselves. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, you're right. You're 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 right. They um, they blew it. They they simply blew it. That's all that could be said. They I mean, it. it's it it's one of those moments where uh, okay, yes, you got a point. You lost Crosby for the rest of Game Five. The Rangers came back and ended up uh, winning that game. Which, by the way, the Rangers came back, took the lead, coughed up the lead 14 seconds later, and then they ended up winning the game in the third period. Okay. Great. And they did that basically with a, 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 a player sitting on the bench the entire time in Patrick Nemeth, which was the most productive thing he's ever done for the New York Rangers. So I'm on a bit of a rant, so I'm just going to keep on going. <laughs> they, then they embarrassed the Rangers in the first period of game six. The Rangers come back, tie the game within about a minute and a half. And then I think even less than that. I think it was a minute, maybe even 45 seconds. And then uh, th- there's that horrible goal that goes goes off of Domingue's shoulder, goes up in the air, and then in. Although I think there was a partial screen from Zibanejad, something that, that might have taken his eye off the puck for a second. And then they had the lead in the third period. And don't give me the the stick was chopped out of blah blah blah's hands. No, it's it, no. They the, <laughs> the Penguins since winning the Stanley Cup have not won a playoff series. They might make the playoffs. They're not going anywhere. No, I agree. Well, Mark, you need you need a you need a cigarette and a drink. Uh, I think I might. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, I do have a second Red Bull ready to go right. as well. 
I, I said it before. If, if you're going to try to trade for Team Omar, you got to put Barzell on the table. I mean, I that's yeah. that's, that's my that's my opinion. Um, Which, as we as we just have said, and by the way, uh, I think San Jose would jump at that. I think. Because, yeah, I mean, they might. If Barzell's the center. I mean, who? Yeah, I mean, right that would now, move. Right now, Couture they did or hurdle. Uh, uh, hurdle to wing, and there you go. Yeah. Brazil's um, one of the best skaters in the NHL. Why wouldn't you take why wouldn't you do that? No, yeah. What about this? Uh would you trade Panarin Heedle, Miller, Garland, and a first? For who? What? Would I trade? Oh, for oh, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I saw Miller and I'm thinking Keandre Miller. I'm like, okay. Here's my take on JT Miller. I've seen that movie before. I didn't like it. That, that's it. I love Connor Garland. I think Connor Garland's a hell of a player. I think JT Miller had a career year and will never replicate that again. I would love it. No. He might do it in Vancouver. He's not doing it for the Rangers. Absolutely not. Again, by the way, abs- let me go back to that for one. Oh, is that, uh, is that done? Chris T always giving us uh, the breaking I think, news. I think he might have just been talking when we were talking about Mott. I think he might have just been. Spe- right. I mean, I haven't I haven't been on Twitter unless unless it. Unless, I mean, I'll check real quick, but I think that was just him saying a team he can go to. Okay, but Anthony, that I think that's actually a very good point with that one. Mott to Dallas, that's a great addition for them, and it'd be perfect player for Pete DeBoer to run into the ground. So yeah, I think here's the other thing. I started saying it before. The hard part about Tyler Mott is there's going to be guys coming through the Rangers system that can take his place. Will Cooley can end up doing that. I keep on going back to Will Cooley because he is a player I would really like to see. Last year at this time, it was Nils Lundqvist. I saw it and then went, I'm not convinced where the Nils Lundqvist's uh, career is going to be as a New York Ranger. That's why when people talk about who's going to be the sixth defenseman, my the, the guy that I say the Rangers put in there is Matthew Robertson. You, you want to get a guy on the ELC? Fine, that's where it is. I know a lot of people are high on Zach Jones. I, I just don't see it. And again, if they want to develop this guy to be a big-time player, you're going to have to play him top-line minutes. The only place to do that is in Hartford. Mott, so. the, problem, the problem with Mott to Dallas is that Mott, Dallas has $10 million in cap space, but they have to re-sign Jason Robertson, who I think at this point is probably going to get around you know, eight six i don't know about eight yeah maybe seven million dollars or so and then you have ottinger who's an rfa too so i mean i don't yeah. really see how they would have room for for tyler mott chris says they trade reeves and sign yeah. mott yeah i guess hypothetically you could move out reeves um i don't know if the team's gonna take reeves maybe maybe not that's another move detroit does have a lot of cap space Jalen, how are you doing today? Uh, so I mocked, up, mocked to the Red Wings. That's a good one, AZ. That would mm-hmm. be another one right there. Again, guys guys like that for the bottom six really improve a team. So you're right. And, and, again, and again, that's why when you talk about it, the, hockey as far as like – see, I, I think the ultimate team sport is football. Because you got to move in in unison, you got to everybody's got their roles in, in one play. I think right after that's hockey, even more so than baseball and everything, and and um, 
basketball can just be driven by one player could just take over a game. But that's where the bottom six comes in. People want to say, oh, he's going to fill a bottom six role. That's a good thing. That's not that's not a little thing. You, you need look no further than the Islanders. Their third line and their fourth line. They I always heard for, for years the Islanders had the best fourth line in hockey. I argued, no, it's their third line because they play it more than their third line. Yeah. But but again, yeah. it's it's just how it is. Um AZ says uh Islanders need a player like Troy Terry. Um all right, so yeah, I mean the thing is, but what team couldn't use a player like Troy Terry? Um, <laughs> I mean, as far as the mobile D-men, is it Noah Dobson developing to that? I mean, the guy had 50 points last season, and he's he's very young. Um, so I think I think Noah Dobson is that guy for them. Uh, they added Romanov, who isn't doesn't really play the same style as Nick Letty, but he does skate really well and can move the puck. So I think they also got a good a good get Romanov in that manner. Um, yeah, in a perfect world, would they like to add like a chicken too? But at this point, that's not possible. So, can I? Um, I, I don't think it's a fair comparison because I'm doing this off the top of my head. Because the guy that I'm thinking about with Romanov, the way he uses uh, that way he's a physical defenseman. I'm you correct me if I'm wrong, I'm probably gonna be wrong in a second, but I'm thinking Travis Hamanick right now in his early days with the New York Islanders. Yes, the guy that was very physical. And he, he wasn't afraid to, to mix it up with the top players. Think about like Darius Kasparaitis. Darius Kasparaitis managed to get under the skin of Mark Messier in 1993. Think about how hard that was to do. And then he did it with Mario Lemieux and Yarmar Yager. So, and it's, there, there was, the, you need those guys that are going to make it so forwards dread going into the zone. And that's yeah. where I think some of those guys, because uh, anything Ranger fans could also say is Jacob Truber did that for them. So yeah. that helps. Uh, let's see. Um, Zach Aston Reese, uh, Kevin Weeks actually pointed out, I think it was earlier last week that um, Aston Reese has reportedly been skating in the, uh, in the devil's like practice facility. Um, so he, nothing was nothing was definite there, but he is one of those things to keep an eye on. So um, could mean nothing. He's just from you know he's just from that area and, and skating there. But that's what he had reported. So we'll mm -hmm. see if he actually ends up there. And there's speaking about which and Mario brought these up. Uh, Buffalo and Minnesota could also be good teams for Tyler Mott. Uh, and again, by the way, as Stephen mentioned that. Uh, the Sedin twins didn't hit uh, 50 points until they were 25. And, and James, James Van Riemsdyk was 24 and still a center. You moved yeah. him to the wing. He became an elite level uh, this is, goal scorer. This is an interesting one. Um, Friedman thinks Kessel signs a one-year deal in Edmonton. Um, Kessel isn't the same guy he was, but he could still shoot the hell out of the puck. So, you know, you put him with, with Connor McDavid and Kessel's release and shot, that could be something that could benefit the Oilers. I, I would, you know what, where Phil Kessel goes, talk about a guy that's playing with house money for the rest of his career. He had a hefty contract. He's sort of the most, one of the more aloof guys in the NHL uh, that he's going to set the career, uh, the career consecutive games mark that I was actually at the game when, uh, when uh, Keith Yandel broke it for at UBS arena. And then 
I mean, Kessel could go literally wherever he wants. He could just mm-hmm. wait midway through the season and just go pick it out. So see where Barzell for Patty Kane. Uh, no, in no nope. way, shape, or form am I trading Barzell for. I mean, listen, I love Patty Kane. He's still an elite player, but how old? Thirty-three or thirty-four? I'm not. He's thirty-four. I'm not trading Barzell for a 34-year-old, even if you are Patrick Kane. Um, and also, too, Chicago Chicago intends to get Connor Bedard. They are full-on in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Uh, so trading Barzell for Patty Kane just still makes them a pretty competitive team. Um, if Patty Kane goes, he's going to go for a salary dump. Because the team acquiring is getting, they're going to need to give salary going back to Chicago, um, and then you know just some younger picks and and prospects. I I don't think they're going to get a upper echelon forward in return. I think it's more so going to be younger prospects, draft picks if Patty Kane is traded. Which at this point in time, I think I think Patty Kane's going to remain the, on the Blackhawks till the deadline. Um, at this point in the year, it's already August. I, I don't see Kane being moved. Um, Mark, I know in the maybe in the last four or five years, the only big trade I can really think of that happened, you know, this late in the offseason or even in September before camp was Eric Carlson was traded, I think, on like uh, media day, like the first day of camp before they yeah. – yeah, he was traded that day. Um, and Max Pacioretty was traded right before camp started in September. But – I don't see Patrick Kane being traded at this point. Um, By the way, I, everybody, remember when? Remember when Eric Carlson, uh, San Jose fleeced Eric Carlson? Oh well, my, yeah, yeah. Retrospect, right? Um, but as far as Kane goes, I can tell you guys that I, I you know, from from a source, um, if Patrick Kane were to be traded, um, the Islanders and Rangers are teams he wouldn't accept. He would accept the trade to. Um, he would also wait for Colorado um, and a couple other places. But I can say with 100% certainty, he would waive his NMC to come to either the Rangers or the Island. Anthony, I do have some breaking news for us. Andrew Mangiapani yes. signed. It's unconfirmed. Or, yeah, three-year deal at 5.8. Yep. So. Um, uh, Mark, in, in relation to in relation to Patrick Kane, um, what what are your what are your thoughts or what are your thoughts or predictions for Patrick Kane for the for this year? My prediction is he is going nowhere. They're going to revisit that at the trade deadline. His list of teams he would probably accept the trade to will expand from there. And what you're going to be looking at is you're going to have to look at at least a top prospect, <laughs> a first round pick, and at least we're talking about that and an NHL ready player already that's pretty young like you said before chicago is going to be going for connor bedard uh last week when i was alone i threw out that connor bedard is going to be a philadelphia flyer because they're gunning for connor bedard they don't even know it yet so that's that's one thing I, when it comes to the flyers i don't um, i don't see i don't know me i think the flyers could potentially be a bad team and i think i i, I just don't i just don't see i just don't see anybody being worse in chicago right now I mean, their goalies are what Peter Morazic and um, honestly, sadly, as much I don't even I can't even tell you who their back their backup is because Lankin was a free agent signed with Nashville. 
Colin Delia was a free agent, but I don't think they, I, don't, I think he's still out. I don't, so I don't, I can't even tell you who their second goalie is right now. I'm, they're that bad. I, I don't, I don't see, um, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see them being, I see them being the worst team. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but they're going, they're going full steady, full steam ahead for Connor Bedard. And my prediction, Mark, is I agree. I don't think he's going anywhere to the trade deadline, but I will, I think if, and it's assumed because you can assume this, the Rangers are likely going to be a good team again in the playoffs. Um, and I, I think the Islanders are going to be much improved, especially with Kadri. My hot take or bold prediction is that Patrick Kane will either be an Islander or a Ranger come the trade deadline. That's, that's if that's if my... Patrick Kane is a New York Ranger, that it means that the New York Rangers have gotten absolutely nothing out of Kako and Lafreniere. Well, that's my, what that means. To I, me. I say that because Chicago likely is not going to want to trade. They're they're basically their their best player that's come through for them in numerous years future hall of famer um they're not going to trade him to another team in the west i mean that's that's my that's my opinion um would he like i said would he wave for colorado yeah i think he would wave for colorado but if you also would wave for teams out east why would they trade him to colorado so my guess is they're going to keep him east and when you talk about the eastern conference patrick kane isn't waving to go play in canada he's an american kid at you know 34 years old he has a family now he ain't going to live up there um so when you look at other teams in the East that he would weigh for, um, honestly, Rangers, Islanders, um, he's not certainly not the Flyers at this point. And the Flyers, the Flyers level right now, and how many years they're away are. I mean, Boston, no move clause. Boston's a nice city, maybe Boston, but um, again, uh, I think it's going to come down to the Islanders and Rangers with the caveat that both teams are good come the deadline. That's that's my guess. Uh, I have to say that a, a team's going to emerge. And, you know, we haven't mentioned the Florida Panthers yet. I have no idea what they have left to possibly give to get Patrick Kane. But if they're in a win-now mode, that's how it gets to well, to that. And I mean, I'll address Steven. Steven made a comment on Kane here. But, um, yeah, he'll probably wait for South Florida too. But the Panthers have already traded their first-round pick I mean, they, they've their 2025 first round pick is now gone too, correct? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't see how, and and I believe their their second round pick in 2024. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how they make that, how they make that work. Um, before I get Stevens' question real quick, Romanov is mobile. Yes, he moves the puck. He can skate really well, and he hits like a freight train. Um, if you guys want to know what what a, a better representation of the Romanov deal. Because if you look at the the reaction video we did when it happened, I was stunned. I was ex- I was excited for the Islander fans, but th- I gotta say, Anthony, you listening to the Montreal chatter on this? There's not a lot of people that like that trade. No, no, they hate it. They absolutely hate it. And I'm and I love that because I think he's gonna again. He's he's only 22 years old. I think he has all the makings to develop into a Sergachev type player. I, I I do. So yeah. But back to this. Steven's right. A lot of teams can't afford Kane, but you got you got to remember, he only has one year left on his deal. So for the Blackhawks, if you trade him at the deadline, at that point, year's almost over. They have they'll, they'll probably have no issue retaining fifty percent of his salary. So if the Blackhawks retain fifty percent of his salary come the trade deadline in March, I mean 
that really puts pretty much every team on the on the table to be able to afford Patrick Kane. So, yeah, he's right. A lot of teams right now cannot afford Patrick Kane in, in the sense of it. But if Chicago retains 50%, um, that changes everything. And like I said, I, I really think they will do that. So, um, yeah, I, I, think that's the, I think that's the reality situation with Kane right now. Um, Anthony? Oh, sorry, he, might, he might be right going forward, like to re-sign him for the following year. Yeah, there are teams that are, gonna, are not going to be able to pay him you know, I don't think he'll get $10 million a year again, but there are, I don't think they're going to be teams that can't afford to give him, you know, $8 million a year. He's right on that, though. He is. 100% right. And by the way, one team that can't do it, the New York Rangers. Uh, again. Going forward, and, yeah. Again. And by, the, and by the way, Ranger fans, let me just also say this, because this has been my argument the entire time when I'm discussing this as a bartender. And by the way, Anthony, I possibly have, uh, I got two good comments that I got uh, starred right now. But a lot of people have come up to me and said, Mark, come on, I mean, go get Patrick Kane. After all, Panarin was really good with Patrick Kane. Where do you think Artemi Panarin was better? With Patrick Kane or without? Wait, say that again. I'll wait. Where do you think where do you think Kane was better? With or without? Sorry, not Kane. Kane won a scoring title with, with Panarin. Where is Panarin better? With Kane or without? What do you with. think? But with, with but yeah. He had 71 and 77 points with Patrick Kane in Chicago, including turning Artem Anisimov into a 20-goal scorer. Yes. Yeah. Since then, he has not been below 83, I think it was, with uh, with Columbus. So Patrick Kane is better without – sorry, not Pat, I keep going to Patrick Kane. Artemi Panarin is better without Patrick Kane, and Patrick Kane's still good. Like, the, the Rangers don't need Patrick Kane. What they need to do is try to give time to Alexei Lafreniere. You have a number one fucking overall pick, overall pick and you're not going to use him? The only reason why I'm containing my voice a little bit and not screaming a little bit louder is because I know I have a two-and-a-half-year-old taking a nap. So well, well, listen, just... listen, I know – so if the Rangers were to trade for Kane, with, with 50% of the deadline, they can't afford him. You're right. Going forward next season, they really, really wouldn't be to but if the rangers but if the rangers felt that kane and you know dolan um if he feels the rangers can win a cup with kane i think he would be fine with kane being a rental and then just leaving going somewhere else but here's uh, i'm gonna borrow this for a headline in case if it would be uh, maybe i'll write an article with this headline kane not able for the rangers so anyway and that one, that headline needs some work, but you know what I'm trying to get at with that. Anthony AZ said Nashville made some sick moves this off season. They're getting no attention to the positives that they made. Um, I got to agree with that. I think Ryan McDonough going on there and being, he might be a third pairing defenseman. And when that happened, I think I said to you, uh, he's going to, I think Roman Yossi is going to have an even better year because Ryan McDonough yeah. is now on that team. I mean, they, you're they, not putting him up against the top line. Most importantly, they kept their best player in Philip Forsberg. They got McDonough. They signed Nito Niederreiter. So, yeah, they're, they're a good team for sure. For sure. And, and Anthony, this, this is a comment for me. And this is like one of the best comments to today. Does Ottawa win a playoff series before Toronto? <laughs> me, um, I want to say yes, but realistically, probably not. But. Uh, uh, no, I mean, uh, as much as I, I, I have some fun with the Leafs on that, I even wrote that, uh, the, the Leafs gotta win a playoff round eventually. But again, I still think it comes down to goaltending. 
I think Giordano was a great pickup for them and a great fit for them. I just, and I think that helps a lot, but is he falling off the cliff? I think he's 38 years old right now. Hey everybody, we're up to 50 likes on this stream. Thank you all very much. Especially those of you that are joining us for this, uh, our Q and a session this is after our show. So again, thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, I'm just going to actually check the Giordano um, age. I think it's 38. And yep. 38. And again, if Philk was here, but unfortunately work gets in the way, everybody that we'd love to have the, the, the Triforce together, but it's uh, just, it's, it's, it's difficult. And it, after 38, everybody kind of drops off, makes you kind of scared being 44. Jeez, uh, if that's the case, my prime is already gone. Yikes. Uh, but as Steven brought up, yeah, the Leafs drafted two players this summer that weren't even born yet the last time they won a playoff series. Oh, that's that's just so rough. And, like, I just – I want to see Steve Dangle's video when they finally win a playoff series. I mean, that, that poor guy. I feel for him so bad. It's just uh, – uh, who was the guy that was a girl? Oh, Cooper. Yeah. As long as Cooper's in Tampa, never count them out. Absolutely. Cooper's Cooper's possibly the most underrated coach in the league. Tampa $7 million over the cap. How are they going to solve that? And the other, that's what he's asking. You know, you could put Sorelli on IR, but again, there's $7 million over the cap. They might have to dump somebody. And I do know this. I do know if you open up some salary cap space and then – uh, it, you could finagle it while the season's going on, but no, that's that's not necessarily uh, the right case yet. Uh, we're not going to be going too much longer. I'm waiting to see how much longer Anthony's gotten them. This has been a great show, guys. I mean, we always have great shows, but you know, that's we're the only streaming show that I know of that streams and actually still takes everybody's questions at, in live time. I don't know. There are a couple of good channels that do that. I know uh, O'Nyquist does. Uh, he does a Q&A period, but he's, he's selecting all those. Keeps it down. We like to we like to hang out with you all day. I'm trying to make more of these so that way we could just uh, at least have some 15-minute videos that you can watch, especially while you're taking a dump. So I think the Leafs this year, oh, Dave is saying, I think this is the year where the Leafs went around. I think they get the number one seed. I just don't know about their goaltending. I really don't. But then again, you don't need great goaltending in order to, to be number one overall. And that Metro is going to stop any team from being the number one seed, I think. And if you can tell me who wins the Metro right now, I mean, I have it down to Rangers, Carolina. And I got right now the Rangers with the edge. All right, we got Anthony back. Uh, Anthony, you want to go another 15 minutes? Yeah, 15 minutes is fine. All right. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, right now, who do you think I, who do you think wins the Metropolitan Division? Um that's oh, tough. Uh I would say either the Rangers, the, the Hurricanes, or Maybe the New York Islanders, one of those three teams. Mm-hmm. I do. See, see, I have to still look over and say goaltending does play a factor yeah. because when your team isn't is is struggling in any way, does 
can the goaltending save it? Igor Sisterkin, that's the reason why he was an MVP finalist. And Ilya Sorokin's got that ability. Carolina is such a good just defensive structure that it doesn't matter who's in net. And I really do believe yeah. that. Like that, the the Russian kid uh, that they brought up last year. Oh, yeah. Kutcher. Forget. Kvalchuk? I forget the name. What? Yeah. The one that succeeded Sisterkin in SKA. I mean, th- that kid played well at times. Yeah. So. He, no, he really did. Um, Kachikov. I think I'm pronouncing that Kolchekov. right. Kolchekov. Kolchekov. Yeah. yeah. But when you, when you look at Carolina, uh, they lost they lost Nina Nuterater and they lost um, Vinny Trocek and they brought in Brent Burns, uh, Andre Kasha, uh, Max Pacioretty. Are they a better team, Mark? Speaking about guys that never count out, Max Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty's quietly put together a really impressive career. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't. I, I, I hate saying it like that, that I don't know. I, I do think, like, does... Seth Jarvis become their third line center. He's is it good. KK? Is it Seth Jarvis? Uh, is good. Sorry, I said third line center, second line center. I meant to say, depending where you have him or Tro, uh, Trocek or or a stall was the second line center. I would say Trocek was the second line center. But I'm sorry to say this, but the team I'm counting out and is the Pittsburgh Penguins, as D. Ely is saying. Malkin will miss time as well, but they're all going to get injured and then. And it's just going to, it's, it's going to be difficult. You know what? I don't see the defense being there for Columbus, for them to challenge for the division. Okay. I, actually, I like the Islanders lineup. I really do. The devils aren't yeah, there with, yet. The devils with, are got to improve on coaching. Yep. And then maybe. So for, for me, um, Kadri in the lineup changes a lot of things. Uh, so, and Romanov, I think there's, I think there's most certainly going to be, a playoff team again, um, especially being the fact that I think last year was it was an aberration. So, um, yeah, well, and you know what, Mark? You know what's good for us hockey fans, right? I mean, you know what you know what the month of August is, right? Or what the month of August means? Uh, no, what? It means it is the last month without NHL hockey until next july because there's hockey in june yes one more month i mean september is still the preseason but still technically you have training that, camp and then you have preseason. you still yeah so yeah we're we're close we're, we're we're at that point we're at that point in the off season where in the next couple of weeks guys from europe are going to start filing back into their cities you know informal skates start happening um and before you know it's beginning of september so we're 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 getting there um we're definitely getting there by the way anthony i'm I'm highlighted this comment from david sequels are never better than the original yeah (laughs) can you think of any sequels you would say that are better than the original i can tell you it's not anchorman 2 
Anchorman was great. Anchorman 2. Anchorman was legendary compared while, to While Anchorman 2 was still funny, it was too far-fetched. Like Anchorman was was obviously unrealistic in parts of it, but Anchorman 2 was just over-the-top, over-the-top silly. Um, yeah. I mean, the ones that come to mind, Terminator 2, Aliens. Uh, I'll get away from James Cameron in a minute. Uh, Actually, have I got you a seen good one. Top Gun? I got a good one. The Dark Knight Rises was better than Batman Begins. All right, what about The Dark Knight, though? What? What about The Dark Knight? You said The Dark Knight Rises. That's oh, sorry. One. Sorry, I meant that. Yeah, Batman Begins was the first one. Dark Knight was the second one. That's what I meant. That's what yeah, I meant. Because right. I'd, I'd argue, I'd argue that Liam Neeson in the first movie would be better than Tom yeah. Hardy in that movie. But, uh, I mean, I could, I could listen to Liam Neeson read the phone book. Yeah, we suck. Yeah, I got I got one for you. Not movies going back to hockey, but um, I had a text with my my good buddy who's an Islander fan. I said, um, well, what would you bet on? What would you bet on first? Uh, A video or picture of Nazem Kadri being leaked wearing wearing Islander pants skating somewhere in the offseason or the deal itself being announced. I'd rather the deal being announced. Like, You're gonna bet I on just, that? No, I, I would absolutely bet on. We'll see a leaked picture or video of him skating in a in Islander colors before the before the deal is actually is actually announced. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Lou would even like like make him wear a mask when he's on the ice or something. I don't know. You, you don't know if you remember? Like, like Lou, let it go. Let it go. I, don't, I don't know if you remember, but last year, last year. Zach Prize was seen wearing Islander trunks playing in the beauty league in Minnesota before his deal was actually announced by the Islanders. So that's and, why I, and I that. do remember that because you did an honest press conference as Zach Parise. Yeah. So, so you're like, wait, wait, Oh, hold on. Yeah. I can't, so I'm, can't I'm mention that you, yet. I'm telling you that um, I think that will happen first. And in all, in all seriousness though, that that's why that's why Lou needs to actually announce this because realistically, Kadri's event in what next couple of weeks he's gonna be flying into New York probably to for like informal, you know, informal skates and you know North Northwell is open to the public so you know it's bound to where someone's gonna be in there and knows who he is snaps a picture of it and it's just yeah you know what I'm saying so it it's it, he can only carry on the charade for so much longer but yeah and it's. Again, it's just just announce the damn deal, Lou. You're not fooling anybody right now. And the only thing that is going to irritate me more is that, and all this is all unconfirmed, so forget on that. By the way, I just want to answer this question from uh, SJ right here. Thank you, by the way, for loving the channel. We'll, we'll, we're, we're always trying to improve every single week. But I actually, Sammy Blay is a real X factor for me. I have no idea where he fits. And imagine that for a line. Everybody, every Ranger fan forgets Sammy Blay is on this team. And I think it's because they all believe he's going to get injured and be out for a long period of time. The season-ending injury was a bit of a freak incident last year, so it's not just that. I do think he's going to have something in there. Brian with a Y. Hey, welcome to the show. And also, just to let you know, I know your pain since I'm Mark with a C. So uh, you probably get that a lot where it's the – people putting in eyes for you islanders have wild as a d-man who skates 
faster than Barzell and as in the system. Yeah, but Bodie Wild's development has Anthony. I'm glad you're back for this. Bodie Wild, what is right now his prognosis with the New York Islanders? Well, last year Lou banished him because he wasn't vaccinated. Um, last I heard, uh, that hasn't that hasn't changed. Um, so I don't I don't I don't see him his career. Honestly, I don't really don't see him at a future with the Islanders. Um, that's that's my that's my update on that. Last I heard, it's everything really, was still status quo. It's really this was an opinion or a policy. I don't think they should that that should have been implemented. I'm gonna get slightly political for a second, guys. We try to stay away from that. We're trying to talk hockey and everything else. But this is something where if if a guy's just not vaccinated, there's very few guys in the league. Most of, I, I took the jab myself because I was going to my friend's wedding. I wanted to make sure I can go to it. But it shouldn't be mandated that you have to have to take a vaccine in order to go somewhere unless it, it's still in its infancy. We still don't know what the side effects of it are. So just that's that's it on that. I think Bodie Wild should not have been there. And again, sorry, we try to stay away from politics. So my apologies to everybody else. Yeah, I'm more this guy tosses career way over and you don't listen, I, I get I get what you're saying, but um I mean I put this more on Lou. I mean he should still be he should have still been able to I mean you you didn't and granted Todd uh Tyler Bertuzzi's established, so you know it's a little bit apples to orange, you know, mm -hmm. apples to oranges here. But you, you don't see Steve Eiserman throwing away Tyler Bertuzzi just because he wasn't um vaccinated. Hell, the guy couldn't even play in Canada, but yet obviously Detroit still has him on the roster. So that's my personal opinion. I, I, I think I think it's more on Lou for being that hard on him, making him have it. I, I don't really have an issue with what Bowie Wild did. I mean, his body – I know you said you don't want to get political, but his body is choice, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't want to do it. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's – you know, that's, that's for him. Um, you know, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm vaccinated. Uh, personally, I didn't, I didn't want to get it, but um, my wife wanted me to mo mostly because, you know, she, she wanted to travel and go places. And she felt if I wasn't, that would have, you know, that would have held us, that held us back. So I'm, I'm on Bodie Wild's side here, even though I am vaccinated, but I don't blame anybody for one way or the other. I don't. I, it should I, definitely I, be a consultation between you and your doctor first. Not, not, yeah, not, not a politician and not a league official. So, yeah. and even if that takes away, see, for the 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 Major League Baseball, it takes away games against Toronto Blue Jays, who right now look like they could be a team that can challenge for the uh, the ALCS at the end of all this. But yeah, it's just where it goes there. Um, Mike is saying uh, trade. I think he's saying trade Bellows. And Bo and a first to get Kadri on the to get Kadri on the team, and then uh, by the way, Mike, I think this is the first time I've seen you, so welcome to the show. And we signed Dobson. I think all this is done. I, th I think Lou need, just needs to make one more one more trade to free up some more room, and then that's just about it. Yeah, well, like I said, so, it's either going to be Bo, or, it's it's either going to be Bo or Bailey that goes. Yeah, and I think he, I I think he's referring to to moving. Uh, uh, get opening up cap space. I think that's what it is, because yeah. obviously Cadre is a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just, I just, I just shunned at this one. Sean bringing up came to the Penguins if they somehow have a stellar season. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that would suck. That'd be, yeah, that would be another one. Then again, what are you gonna do with Patrick Kane? 
Is he is he taking Sidney Crosby's spot? No. Um, nope. This is one of the, by the way, one of the things as Dominic is bringing it up. By the way, hey Dominic, how's it going? Uh a potential mark on the road thing, Anthony. I'd love it if we can end up going to a world junior uh, game, but I know the next couple of years they're going to be uh, overseas. So we're, we got three more minutes guys. And then we're going to wrap things up. Looking for some Anthony. Let me let you pick the next comment to highlight. Um, let's take a look here. <laughs> take a look to here. Mark. By the way, everybody, smash that like button. We have met our goal of 50 um, of fifty likes for today so far, so that is a great thing. I got to actually make up a graphic to try to get those goals up there. 55 of them so far today. Uh, a friend of mine suggested that for me, and it's worked out great for us. All right, Anthony, CJ is saying Lou is an ass clown. If he thinks uh, things in the NHL could be kept in uh, yep. a secret in today's world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it Sam? Was it what? I was almost said Sam Rosen. Was it Dan Rosen that said that Lou keeps, uh, or is it Arthur Staple that said Lou keeps is like more better secrets than the CIA? I mean, very possible with all that. Yeah. He, again, you know, he, he he thinks that he he thinks that this gives him a a competitive a competitive advantage. He does. That's that's the way. He, I don't know if it does or not. Like I said, I wouldn't think it does, but who, who really knows? I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see how there's a real advantage, but I understand, I understand it. It's just, Hey, if everything's done, everything's done. That's just that simple. By the way, we got 42, 44. Of you guys still watching right now. If you haven't checked it out, I did a retrospective on Lisa on ice. One of my favorite Simpson episodes this week. Which it was where she was the um uh she was the, the the hockey goalie still one of my favorites. Can Edmonton make the conference finals again, Anthony? Hey, Mark. Yeah. What? Can can, can Edmonton make the conference finals again? Can Edmonton make the conference finals again? Yeah, I mean, if 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 Jack Campbell gives them solid goaltending. It's possible. I mean, McDavid and Drysdale yeah. put him on the back, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think that's still a long way to go. But then again, you know, LA is going to take another another jump this year. Is are they going to be better? That could be another one. Uh, Patcheretti criticizing Mark. the Golden Knights over accountability. Yeah. How about so? How about a quick uh, off the uh, off the cuff move here? Spontaneity. Okay. Close out. We do a um, we do an honest press conference with Nazem Kadri. All right. You know what? I love it. Let's do an honest press conference with Nazem Kadri, and it will be. Let me get to that right there. And since since we're right here, guys, we're gonna go full out with this. We're gonna break out our honest press conference uh, opening. Let me uh, hide current comments and. Change that banner. All right. Anthony, here we oh, <laughs> I'm gonna make a graphic for you. I'm here. So. I'm just plugging, I'm just plugging in before I uh before I lose power here. <laughs> All right. All right. Everybody, welcome to an honest press conference. 
Connor, just can you give me your sense of kind of where, where the group is at? Once again, my teammates come up short. Once again, everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Honest Press Conferences. We haven't done one of these in a while, and I love that we're that Anthony's come up with the idea to do it right when we were trying to go off the air. So, uh, in our Honest Press Conferences, we say what the athletes really want to say. There is no media speak in anything. So, uh, you know what? We're going to do two of them today. I'll do, I'll do another one in a second. Uh, so... I'm going to cede it over to Mr. Anthony Larocco, who is Nazem Kadri. Um, so, Mark, I'm going to – thanks for having me on the show here. I'm just going to do things a little differently here. Um, I'll let you ask a couple of questions to start this off. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't really have, I don't really have much to say being, um, you know, I'm an unrestricted free agent. So, so <laughs> if anyone wants to ask any questions, I'll take some questions. All right, so let's go. Let's go to the gallery. Let's see. Does anybody have any questions for Nazem right now? And yeah, Mark, he's on can... ice. I could ask a question. So Nazem, uh, are you are you able to comment right now about your current contract? Um, no, I mean the the only thing I could say is uh, I don't know people have been wondering what what my status is, but. Um, I've been I've been a New York Islander since I was playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> no, really. Uh, in, a, in, a, in all seriousness, uh, you know I, um, you know people wondering uh, I am I'm still unsigned where they're going back to the Avalanche, uh, but I I've known Lou Lamorello for for a really long time, and you know I respect him a lot. So when he calls me up and he talks to me, um, I buy into his vision. I know a lot of people are frustrated with with the silence coming out of my camp. Um, but all I could say is sometimes when you talk to big Lou, you just, you get, you get scared. You're going to end up in a sack in the East river. So um, <laughs> I just kind of oblige and say yes. And I do what he asks me to. So kind of go from there. So is, is this supposed to be a, a contract that is going to have multiple years and this is where you're probably going to finish up your career right now? Um, I really, I really can't say, you know, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I, I okay it with big Lou before I, before I divulge anything. Um, all I know is I think it's, I think it's funny, you know, people are wondering, you know, why is there so much silence around me and why no one's talking? But again, if, if you know who big Lou is, you get, you get scared. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, you know, I value, I value my time here. I, I gotta, I can't, I can't cross the boss. You know, you, you've seen the Godfather, right? Yeah, I know. I've seen it. You get, you get one of these. You get horse's head in your bed. So, Nazem, is there a particular New York Islander you might be interested in playing with next year, as being asked by Brian with a Y? Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a little excited to play with Brian Trottier. To be honest with you, um, uh, what do you, I, I listen? I can't I can't talk about who who I'm ready to who I'm excited <laughs> to play for because. You remember, Mark, I'm supposed to be an unrestricted free agent right now. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's it's something that uh, I mean, hypothetically, hypothetically, I know Zach Parise said said a very similar thing when you guys had him on your show, you had a show last year. You know, if I was able yeah. to hypothetically play for the Islanders one day, I'd be really excited to play with Matt Barzell. But 
Um, to be honest with you, you know, again, that, that we're just we're just talking fantasy world here because I don't know if I really am a New York Islander yet. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but if if I was an Islander, that's who I would like to play for. But I actually just got a knock on my door from UPS. I think I think there might be a pair of hockey pants in that box with a with some particular colors. I believe I believe the New York Mets wear that color too. Um, wait, hold on one second. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Actually, I'm. I, I shouldn't really said that. The, the, I think the pants that are in that box are just a color that's in the Roy G. Biv color scale. I, you know, I, I take it back by saying it's the same colors as as the New York Mets. Um, so you could you could just disregard that statement. Okay. All right. Now we're going to let you go on that. Thank you very much. So, uh, but wait, hold on a minute, because. Uh, we got somebody else that's showing up right now. Oh, it's it's Alexei Lafreniere is showing up right now. Hold on a second. All right, everybody. I'm going to make a quick opening statement, and then uh, I'm going to see to some questions. Because uh, I did a very well-done, media-friendly uh, interview with Arthur Staple of The Athletic. Uh, you know what? I'm a team player. I'll play wherever. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it's total bullshit. Put me on the fucking first line. That's exactly where I belong. You know this. You got me number one. Come on. My name is Alex A, not Alex B. All right? So you got to be putting me out there. Number one. That's where I should be. Top line? Yeah. Instead, we're going to put Frank Vetrano on the top line. What a great pickup. And the kid line. Who do you think was carrying that kid line? Philip Heedle, yeah, he had seven goals. Who was passing him the puck? It was me. Because you know what? Because I'm the number one guy in the Big Apple. I wasn't drafted number two. I was drafted number one. And you know what? That's what this is all about, the Big Apple attitude. So they, that's what they should do. Stop talking about has-beens like Patrick Kane or or other people like never was is like Ryan Strom. Alex A. Lafreniere, not – Alex B, like I said before, I'll take your pathetic questions right now. All right. I can't even find where I'm doing this. So, Alex, uh, Alex is, um, that's some tough talk from a guy, uh, for frankly, for a first overall pick um, who hasn't really done much. I mean, you look at other first-round picks who have produced more points um, than you over the last number of years. So what, what do you say to the people that um, are disappointed with your production earlier in your career for where you were drafted? You know, I, this is what I have to say about this. There was another number one overall pick that was about, I think, 25 years ago who came out, was a little bit underwhelming in his first year, and then he wrote a book saying, just give me the damn ball. That was Keyshawn. I, and he was that was before I was born, but it doesn't matter because you know what? Give me the damn puck. Did you see that goal I had against Detroit? There were times I was toying with guys. 18 goals in on even strength. Maybe if I got some power play time going all the way back to David Quinn, I would actually get to 20 goals. But everybody wants to say, oh, oh you know, we're going to give Ryan Strom some playing time because he's, he's playing with uh, Panarin. Shut up. Now, bye-bye, Ryan. You know, you sucked when you were here. Try hitting an open net. I mean, you can't hit an open net if you were on the goal line, which, so by the way, you didn't. So Alexis, uh, that that's a lot of uh, it's a lot of t- once again tough talk, and it seems like you kind of 
dodged the question and it seems like you, you instead you put a lot of blame on others. Um, still didn't really uh, address. Uh, you haven't really produced that much for where you were drafted. Uh, it seems to me as though um, you're just a big excuse maker uh, and you're entitled and you can't really handle the big time of the NHL. Oh no, I could definitely handle that. Trust me. I'll get, I'll get around to when, when I can handle that as soon as they start putting the faith on me. Look, am I speaking through the vessel of a has been actor who couldn't really cut it? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just, look, I'm a media guy. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be a good teammate. You, you tell me to play fourth line minutes. I'll do that. Hell, I did that earlier in the year with, uh, with, with Turk. I'll, I'll play wherever Turk plays me. That's where the truth is. But in my heart, I know, I know I can be the man for this team. And I'm ready to step up as soon as, you know what? You want to call my number? Not 43, the different number that I am. And, and I'm ready. I'm ready to step it up right now. So let's, let's, let's do this. You know what? Ranger fans, just, you know, get your popcorn ready. That's all I have to say about that. It'll be me. Uh, and, and, and the other kids, all these, you can already hear those old players in the arteries hardening. We're, we're going to be good. Don't worry. Quite, quite frankly, I don't like the cut of your jib. So I'm going to end this the way I've done some of the other guests I've had on this show. You suck. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was us in our honest press conferences saying what the, what the players really want to say. I mean, we haven't done them in a while. I think we've actually haven't done one since uh, January. I think my last one was Mika Zibanejad going Super Saiyan, so that was all good. But some of these, some of these uh, were good. This made this made me laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about it is, truth is, they have that good relationship. Um, I think, I think it was uh, probably an easy decision for him, um, being that it's a New York at Mark, New York market, and he knows Lou. Um, that, that was, that was good. The one about running, running Igor was, was funny. Cause that, that's going to be a, uh, it's going to be, it's going to, you know, make good, good TV for the rivalry. Cause I wanted they, to ask that one. I just didn't know if you had an answer that, that you were he, ready to go with. He's gonna, yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna spice things up a little bit there. <laughs> oh, well, Alexei's thoughts about Manscaped is, uh, if you use the promo code, B-A-H for Big Apple Hockey. Sorry, it's I got a point like this. And Mark. Big Apple Hockey. You get 20 You know what another good one would have been? But I wonder, how many, I wonder how many raises, how many razors Kadri's going to have to invest in playing for a little <laughs> team. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of it. Uh, you know what? You got to be clean shaven for Lou. And you know what? When people say that, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I think Lou's tired of, the, of those things. I think that's, I think it's fine. I mean, there, hell, there were times where I was the last hockey road trip that I had. Oh, no. I mean, I've played Montreal a lot of times, but I mean, I'm thinking about when I went to London for a tournament and I even told the guys I was going with, I'm like, I'm, I'm dressing like I used to dress when I was in juniors, button down, tie, dress shoes, and I'm going to represent myself every single time I go to the game. Sure, there were guys basically in the fucking shorts and sandals, but you know, it's, you get those things. It's like that. So, all right. Well, Mark, I guess in closing, um, I mean, in the event that that's a, that Kadri is officially announced at some point, well, you know, we can hop on and do something. But I have a feeling, um, 
you know, clear clear your calendar for September first, right? Uh, make sure, and make yeah. sure you don't have much you don't have much going on. Uh, come, yeah, thanks, come. thanks, Lou. Thanks a lot. Or, or worse, I'm gonna be in uh, Kentucky at the at the end of August. That's probably when well, he'll announce it. Like how, I'm on the Bourbon Trail. Oh, thanks, thanks, guy. How much uh, how much would I have to pay you right now for you to for you to call up Blue right now live on the phone and ask him, did you sign Nazem Kadri? It's a lot more. <laughs> it's, it's too much that you can even think about. I mean, your your story about that he shot you a look that you actually got a question to him in a scrum <laughs> is now now get that in there going. Oh my god, I can't believe you gave me Lou Amarillo's number. So. I think I might have put it in my phone as a, um, as, as like do not call or anything. I or it might be still in as a Marty St. Louis since you tricked me on that one. <laughs> so, all right, everybody that you subscribed today, thank you all very much. Uh, we are at twenty four twenty one as their subscriber list goes. We are growing as a podcast and as a, as as a future business because there's going to be more of these if if when it goes up. We're doing this. You guys have been great. And it's it's only going to get better. We're going to have a year in review show. We're going to have a thank you show where we're going to talk about some more topics. We're going to have more guests on. Jacob Slavin is going to be interviewed this weekend. And uh, there's so much stuff I can't wait for. So uh, there's there's a lot that's coming up and a World Juniors uh, prospect list showcase. So guys, thank you very much. Right. And oh, it'll be more than five hundred dollars, Alex. Because for me, to I hate talking on the phone to anybody. <laughs> God. Uh, if Mark called Lou right now and asked him if he would sign Nas, he would hang up, tell him, tell Mark to fuck off, and send to my house. You know what? The worst part would be he'd, he'd, he'd probably like ask me my address and I'd be stupid enough to tell him. What do you think it would be? Um... <laughs> I I think he would definitely tell me off. I think he would definitely tell me off. That's for one. It might be B and C, Anthony. It, it might be actually it might be A, B, and C. He oh no, it's just hang up. So it would be tell me off, have the hitman sent, and then hang up. So oh man. Uh, holy, oh wait, is this Kanj? Uh oh wow. Uh Oh, no, I thought I have a friend of mine, Mike Cangelosi. I thought he finally signed in. But, Mike, good that there's another Cangelosi on the show now. So it would uh, really make it wouldn't really make for good entertainment if you actually did that right now. By the way, this is a good question. Do we never see stick measurements anymore? Because, like, have they just gotten responsible with it? Or did they realize? I guess, yeah. Kind of I really cooler. haven't seen, really haven't seen much of it. I haven't, at least. I, ha I haven't in years. Yeah. Uh, SJ, that's a great question. I'm gonna have to look that up. That's that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, we need to we need to eliminate a few more so that way you're the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so I, I do think it would be all three. It would uh, it would definitely. It would it wouldn't be a just hang up. It would definitely be all three, because the best part is when Anthony pranked me on this and I accidentally did call him. He still didn't tell me who it was. <laughs> so, like, that's, I, that's I, think, I, I think, uh, and I'm the worst person talking on the phone. Everybody, if I'm nervous talking on the phone, it's like uh, 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 I don't think.
I think it would make for great for great entertainment. I think people would like to would like to hear it. It would it would, it would break the internet, but it would be like Daffy Duck swallowing the dynamite, and <laughs> it's a trick I could only do once. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is. I also think, by the way, actually, you know something? Uh, would you say because again, Ely's bringing this up right now, and that. Uh, the new sticks aren't as curved so much because the flex matters more. That, that that is right, but also I think it's also because they're they're fiberglass, so it's not really much they could do with that. All right, uh, as Anthony has now bowed out, guys, we are at uh, two hours and forty three minutes, so we even went uh, above our two thir- our three thirty cutoff. I almost said three thirty, but see with. Two minutes remaining, we decide to do an honest press conference. I love that sketch. I mean, that's one of those things that we, when we eventually have writers to sit down with, uh, it's going to be even better. So, guys, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to be doing the interview with Jacob Slavin. That's going to be coming out on Friday. And uh, then also we're going to have a World Junior Prospect show that will be in association with Rangers Review and Stat Boy Steven. So it's it's we're, there's there's a lot of stuff we got coming on this week. Check us out. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Sunday for the prospect show. And next week, we're going to work on getting another guest on and trying to do whatever we can because uh, we, we love talking pucks. Let's just keep on going. Recommend us to everybody. We're going to be uh, actually getting a recommendation from Alexander Romanov soon. So I can't wait for that to officially happen. So everybody, thanks very much for, for joining us today on Big Apple Hockey. And there's going to be a song I'm going to start putting on here, which will be my cousin Phil singing Bye Bye. But it's uh, actually I can even play it right now and play us off for a second. Uh, this is this is this is one reason why these end up being so long. Because uh, it's <laughs> This is how this is how it ends up being. This is riveting TV, by the way. Absolutely riveting TV. Uh, that I have to upload this. Um, so anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us. See you next week. And just check out this interview when it comes. Talk to you all soon. <laughs>